Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happened to my commit 40 year old boy podcast, folks. I mean, I'm gonna steer you in this direction. First of all, it's Thursday. Hi, it's it's Thanksgiving Day. If you're listening today, you might not be listening exactly on Thanksgiving Day because you know what? You got families, you got stuff to do, but also this is a weird year. Perhaps you don't have families, perhaps you don't have stuff to do, perhaps you've just got me, perhaps it's just me and you over candlelight. Is that what you got? You got tripod set up in a kitchen chair with candles lit and you and I staring at one another? That's a good plan. I don't mind that. I enjoy being your guest for Thanksgiving. Let's have it. Let's spend it together, me and you, you and me. Although I will tell you this, there have been lies told to you, um, and I apologize for that. I have told lies, or lie, one lie, certainly. Um, first of all, let's discuss this. Let's drop back a week. Let's drop back about six days, seven days, and say to ourselves, man, how about, how about that interlude, huh? Holy fuckamoly. Now, I'll tell you this. I gotta. I have to throw this out there, and I'm going to expose myself to the world, which probably is not a good idea, but who cares? Um, the interlude was fantastic. I enjoyed it very much. It was terrific. Uh, but I will tell you, I, I really had nothing to do with it. I, I'm getting a lot of people who are like, great job, Mike and Max. Mike, oh, such a great job of the interlude. Uh-huh. Um, I, I didn't really do anything this year. I, I wish I had, but I didn't. Um, David had, uh, you know, an idea for the music and stuff like that. And he would send me full scripts of what to say. And I'd be like, Hey, can I change this? And he'd be like, no, and it fits the music. And I'd be like, all right. The only thing authentically me on the internet is, uh, or the interlude, I should say, is the, uh, the rant, uh, I do where I talk about sitting in my house. That's the thing that's in my voice. That's not in the, uh, in the actual verses, is definitely, that's authentically me. Now, I wrote a bunch of lyrics for David, and I sent them, and he used them for some inspiration regarding some of the stuff that he did, uh, uh, one one of the songs. But everything else, man, that's the brainchild of our good friend David Hernandez, who you might know hosts the Flemcat podcast, which you can check out anytime you'd like, uh, but you can never leave. Uh, go ahead and grab that off the iTunes. It's available right there, or in the Apple podcast space, or wherever you go ahead and get your podcasts. Uh, it's available there. But yeah, so thank you. I want to thank everybody who wrote and said, hey, man, fantastic job at the interlude. Uh, you guys did a great job. Uh, and I was I was very happy with the way it turned out. It's amazing. When he sent me the demo of, of War Pigs, I laughed my balls off. I was like, dude, come on, man. And then the uh, the unclean and just just great stuff. And I was able to suggest some songs for him, possibly put him in a different you know direction from where he'd been thinking. 
I was on the periphery of helping out the interlude this year, but I, 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 I have to say truthfully, I can't be taking credit for it because David churned out fucking 95% of it. Um, and that, that, that might even be low, quite frankly. But I was very happy to be involved, and I'm glad that we were able to bring that to you. Uh, and it's always cool to work with David. It would have been cool to go to his place and work with him. But as we all know, things have been uh, suspended. Put on. There's been a rainout. There's been a year-long rainout, and that wasn't possible this year. But next year, we'll, we'll I'll go right to his house. You know, next year, I'll just go to his house in October. I'll sleep there for a couple of months. We'll just we'll go ahead and fucking parse out a ton of ideas. Oh, look at him already. He's, I'm sure he's making the bed right now. Uh, but what I want to say is that I, I mentioned a lie. Here's the lie I'm going to say was mentioned at the end of the, you know, the podcast at the end of the interlude there. Uh, it's got the plugs, certainly. And at the end, I said, year four, year 13 of the 40 year old boy starts next week. Well, you know, what, what happened was. Here's my thinking. Here's my logic. Here's what I believe, quite frankly. Um, it's a, well, it's a hey, look, it's a collide. First of all, let's put it this way. All right. This is not a new show. I'm going to tell you that you can see by the title, which I don't even know what the fuck that is just yet. Um, but this is not your standard episode. This is not episode one of year 13. It's not it can, because, again, for many reasons, one. Uh, it just seemed ridiculous to me to start it on Thanksgiving. My brain works in fucking weird ways. And to do because uh, normally we do a Thanksgiving episode, but it winds up in the body of the actual work. You know, I've gone back and checked and when they are, it's usually in the episode 30s. <laughs> but but over the years, as I've added bonus episodes or episodes that don't count as episodes and shit like that, we've wound up having the calendar bump itself around. So I've actually I've actually worked the calendar over a little bit. And so uh, having episode having a year start and a, a new season start, a new episode year, whatever the fuck start on Thanksgiving itself seemed uh <sighs> specious, I guess, would be the word I would use. I, I, I didn't want to do I don't want to do it. I, I just don't. I my brain doesn't work like that. So here's the thing next week. <laughs> and, and, and look, I've lied to you before. Why the fuck would you believe me now? Who knows if next week will be it? But I'll say right now the plan is and it's going to happen. Who the fuck cares? Uh, next week will be year one of the of uh, I'm sorry, year episode one of year 13 of the 40 year old boy podcast. Um, why not? Right. I, I, it just, because it's a December, it's a new month, clean the, clear the decks, clean the slate, uh, go ahead and play whatever we got to play and do a new show. It starts in December now. And normally I'd be saying to yourself, you know what? It should start in January. Cause that's when, a, that's when a year starts, right? Uh, eventually I'll catch up eventually year one or year, whatever the fuck will be in January, the first week. And then all will be, you know, and then the whole world will collapse. I can't even say all will be right with the world. If I actually catch myself, because the debut of this episode was, or of this podcast was in, a, it was in March. And so it should go March to March. Uh, don't fucking ask me how we wound up getting here into December and whatever the fuck, but I, I couldn't possibly. It's been 12 years of podcasting, 12 years in a week now. Here we go. As I, as I bust you this one, this special, this special Thanksgiving episode, doesn't I call it a special Thanksgiving performance, a special Thanksgiving episode for you and yours, uh, to enjoy here on this Thanksgiving day or in the days to come. And then next Thursday, you'll have uh, year one. Fuck. Quit saying year one. You dumb fuck. Episode one of year 13 of the 40 year old boy podcast starts next week. All right. I'll be here next week for that. Um, but what I want to do with this episode in particular is, uh, well, let's just, you know, the way it looks to me is what I should do is I should make a, an episode, just a small, it's not even an episode. It's just, I'm going to include, uh, you know, there'll be, 
uh, don't be daunted by the running time of this fucking thing. Okay. The, the new content is here in the beginning and then you're going to get a show from the past that I'll explain later. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that I am thankful for all sorts of different things. I want to thank, um, the guys at the misfit toys co-op who wound up including me this year. Uh, that's never not funny. Doug loves movies. The Todd glass show, no fun with Jen Kirkman. And, uh, and what are you asking me? Is there another show in there? Well, I Yes, there is. Uh, I I don't look. I I'm not I'm not in charge of this. I didn't get called to a meeting. All I know is I got an email and they go, guess what? There's somebody else in the Misfit Toys Co-op. And I said, that's fantastic. And who is it? Well, it's our old friend, our good friend, our loving and talented friend, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the Misfit Toys Co-op our great friend Jonah Ray. You know Jonah. Jonah, host of MST3K. Jonah, who's done unbelievably uncool ash the show with Kumail uh, down there at, at Meltdown. I forget the name of it, but then it did a TV show off of it. Um, but Jonah has a podcast called Let Me Watch Your Movie With You. It's a podcast where Jonah watches a movie with one of the people who helped make it. It could be a writer. It could be an actor. It could be a soundtrack guy. It could be a director, a producer. It could be a background person. But get this, man. Each episode of Jonah Ray's Let Me Watch Your Movie With You can be synced with the movie to act as a lost audio commentary track. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's available now in the Pineapple Podcast space and all the other places that you can find stuff. Uh, so it's called Let Me Watch Your Movie With You. It is Jonah Ray joining the Misfit Toys Co-op. So now it's me and Jonah Ray and Jen Kirkman and Doug Benson and the Never Not Funny Guys and Todd Glass and this Misfit Toys Co-op just keeps growing and growing and I'm excited about it, folks. Uh, perhaps Jonah will have me on to talk about basketball. <laughs> no, he never will because that's not really my movie, but I'm in it. Uh, but yeah, so go check out Jonah Ray's uh, Let Me Watch My Mo- Your Movie With You podcast. I, don't, I can't even chill it up the fucking name. Now the guy's in the fucking cow co-op. I can't fuck this up. Let Me Watch Your Movie With You is the new podcast with Jonah Ray. It's available. It's uh, in the iTunes store. You can go ahead and download it now. Subscribe. Part of the Misfit Toys co-op family. Uh, and I'm thankful to be a part of that. And I'm thankful that Jonah Ray has joined because that's another famous guy who can tell people about my show. And if I can trick even four more people into listening, oh my God, what a year it will be. Uh... I'm thankful to David, of course, our friend David Hernandez, who does all of the cool ass stuff for this podcast. He does a lot of artwork. He does a lot of the music and things. Uh, He started his own podcast, as I've mentioned. You can find David at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend there. See all the artwork he's done. You can go to his website, artbydmh.com and see different styles of artwork that he's done. Uh, But I'm very thankful that he has decided that he still wants to continue working with me. Uh, The man has so much on his plate. It's ridiculous. You know, he's he's. He's doing artwork for his pages. He's doing artwork for his podcast. He's recording his podcast. He's doing songs. Um, I'm putting this, you know, I always say he's a renaissance man. He's uh, put that label to the test recently because he's stretching himself so thin and doing all the things that he has to do. Um, But it it doesn't hurt the quality. It's, It's astonishing to me. The fact that a guy can turn a fucking song around in a day put out a podcast every week with a new song, whatever. He does great stuff. So go ahead and check out the Flamcat podcast available in the iTunes store right now. You can go ahead and download it, subscribe, get all sorts of cool stuff brought to your house. That'd be fantastic. Uh, And then also, like I said, you can subscribe. If you want to hire him this holiday season to paint some stuff for you, you can do that too. Check out the website, artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. He does, uh, there's some examples of his artwork on there. This is examples on Facebook. Be his friend, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And, uh, And that's perfect. You can have him on board to do whatever the fuck you need. Uh, Christmas is upon us. Why wouldn't you have David involved? I know I'm better for it. You will be too. 
Now, I am also thankful for, uh, boy, that was a weird breath. That sounded like, I, my, I think my uvula got a shake out of that. Did you hear that? I, I breathed in, but there was like a little shimmy shake there in my throat. I don't care for that. Um, our good friend, Paranoid Strain host, Fearful Jesuit, is uh, another person that I'm very thankful for, for him deciding to go ahead and continue sponsoring the show. Uh, I will tell you this. I did not know that he had a new show because I remember the election special and I've been off for, you know, two weeks. But he has a new uh, episode. I did not get a chance to listen to it, but I will uh, get to listen to it. I'm thankful for that. I get to listen to that over the weekend. Um, It is uh, the historical political conspiracy part six from the Paranoid Strain, our our friend Fearful Jesuit. Um, This one's about the the always dreaded Ronald Reagan, uh, which is if, if you ask me for my money, uh, 1980 is where everything really started to kind of uh, uh, bend around toward itself in this country. But they, what do I know? I don't know anything. Um, I have theories, but nobody wants to talk about that. It's the way we're, we're talking about what we're thankful for here. That's what we're doing. We're doing a thankful show. And, uh, and I'm not thankful for the destruction of this country. So let's talk instead about the Fearful Jesuit Show, The Paranoid Strain, available right now in the iTunes, Apple podcast space, and wherever your finer podcasts can be obtained. Go ahead and check it out. He does fantastic work. This is the uh, the new show. Like I said, I'm excited to hear it myself. It's uh, part six because he's been doing this. You know, he's broken up the, the long, long, long show. He had about political conspiracies. He's broken it up into uh, six different episodes and uh, and the newest one and the latest one. And I think I believe the final one in the in the double trilogy, I'm going to call it the sixology is about Ronald Reagan available right now. You can download that. I'll be listening this weekend. I hope you will, too. Uh, but I'm very thankful that um, Fearful Jesuit continues to send me kind words about my show, continues to wish to be involved with this show and trusts me to bring the uh the idea of his show and, and enthusiasm and, and whatever I, I uh, can do for his show to become better or more popular, not better. What am I going to increase the quality? No, I can't. Um, but I can try to get more people listening, which would be great. And then would allow him to go ahead and grow and grow. And, and that's something we really want because again, he is our great friend, fearful Jesuit, the paranoid strain podcast. Thankful to have him in my life. And uh, you can go ahead and download that podcast wherever podcasts are. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, I don't know, Stitcher, whatever the fuck. Is that where they are? Probably go there. Check it out. Uh, what else am I thankful for? You know what I'm thankful for? Um, well, I'm thankful for KC who handles my, uh, my YouTube loading up stuff. And, uh, and I hope he's doing okay. And I, I'm very thankful for Ryan who handled my website stuff. Thank you very much, Ryan. That's very cool of you. Um, I'm thankful for everybody who's hired me on cameo. <laughs> you can do the same thing. Look at me trying to weave the plugs in here. Is this, is this a naked attempt at, at commerce possibly? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to do these in, in with the narrative and I don't know if I'm doing a good job. You know, it's really not doing a good job though. When you call attention to it, that's good. It could have been seamless until you started to go, Hey, look how non seamless this is. Uh, hire me for cameo. It's the holiday season. Why the fuck not? You can go ahead and get me at uh, it's bookcameo.com or get the cameo app on your phone. I'm happy to tell everybody you love them and happy holidays and tell them that you're thankful for them, even though it's Thanksgiving already and nobody wants to hear about thankfulness after today. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for my friends Ahmad and Jeremy, who are the co-CEOs of Emerald Alawadi LLC, as I've mentioned, because uh, it has been a year as you all know, a very strange year. It's been uh, certainly the past uh, nine, 10 months. And um, my great friends, Ahmad and Jeremy, have done everything they can to be kind to me 
and uh, and make sure that I uh, that everything goes well and smoothly. They've checked up on me. They've reached out to me. Uh, and they've helped me in in ways that uh, you know, numerable ways. So uh, so thank you to both Jeremy Herbal and our friend Ahmad Alawadi. Uh, Jeremy stationed there in Seattle, Ahmad over in Kuwait, and the two of them conspiring together, uh, though separate, to uh, to do what they can to help me and help this show. And it's it's endlessly appreciated. I love them both, and they know this, and I tell them as often as I possibly can. Uh, and I want them to realize just how important they are to my life, period. Not just because uh, they reach out to me, but because uh, I'm better for having met them and I'm even better for continuing to know them. So thank you, Jeremy and Ahmad. I appreciate you very much. Uh, you know, we have a YouTube channel. Um, we'll talk more in depth about that next week. We'll talk more in depth about uh, Twitch, all that stuff next week. But I have a twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow and subscribe those channels. That'd be great. Um, you know, I'm always on streaming video games, which is fun and interesting. Uh, if I could get even a tenth of you people over there, that would be really cool. Um you could hang out. If you want to follow and subscribe, that's cool too. But if you want to hang out and be part of the chat stream and let me think it's a viable enterprise, that'd be cool. And I know it's weird to go, hey, why don't you come watch me play video games? I'm 53. Uh, I know it's fucking silly. But um, but I try to be as funny and as entertaining as I possibly can. The games are fun and we all can participate in puzzles. Sometimes I just play murder games, whatever. Uh, but then also I'm on there and I'm... I'm uh, Certainly cracking wise and cutting up and trying to be as funny or, or personable as I possibly can. And you can check me out there. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Um, and there's a Christmas party. I will tell you this. That might be a good entry point for you. If you don't want to go over there just yet, uh, December 18th, Friday, December 18th, there's a Christmas party on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. It's uh, I'm going to call it annual because we've now done two of them. And so this will be our third. The annual Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, 40-year-old boy Christmas party Twitch stream. Uh, February 18th. Oops, February. What the fuck? December. Friday, December 18th. Friday, December 18th. I'll, I'll work something else out for February. But Friday, December 18th. I will be on Twitch and I, I uh, there will be there will be cookies. There might be pie. There will be hot chocolate. There will be gifts. There will be I might perhaps I'll read a Christmas story to some of you. Perhaps I'll do something where I'll read a book. Everybody can gather around. Who knows? I don't know if anybody wants that sort of thing. Um, you can unless it's something where you want to have me AMSR it and you could just fucking turn the screen off and then I could whisper fucking Scrooge bullshit into your ear. I could do that, too. Why not? Um but that's going to be Friday, December 18th on Twitch. Now, I will say this to you as well. If you want to send me a gift, you can. I'm not saying you have to. Nobody has to. People have reached out before, though, and then they want to send me something. And then they find out that it's too late or it's not going to get here in time for the stream. So this is why I'm telling you early. It's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Not that I want gifts and not soliciting any bullshit. But if you want to send something, that's fantastic. And thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, and I, and so you need to get my address from me. You can write me on Facebook. You can write me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. Uh, send me a note and I will send you the PO box. If it's something that you think shouldn't go to the PO box, if it's, uh, if it's something that you think might get pinched or it's perishable or any of those things, um, I can, I can, I'm not very free with my home address or, I, or I'm actually being more free than I used to be. Um, but I don't, what the fuck? Again, like I said, what people are going to come here and shoot me? Who fucking cares? But if, if you need 
I, I prefer you use the PO box, but I also don't mind giving the home address if it's something because sometimes it's time sensitive and people are like, oh, my God, it's got to get to you in a day, which means they got to overnight it to my house and not eliminate the middleman of the P.O. box. Uh, whatever the fuck. Contact me and we can discuss it then. Also, if you're overseas, uh, I have friends in Canada. I have friends in England. I have uh, some friends in Australia who want to send me things. That's great. But you need to uh, you're probably going to need to send it right to my place. So so contact me and I'll happily give you the address. That's fine. Because, again, you're really nobody's flying from Australia to fucking shoot me. Right, Tony? Uh, I have, there's like three guys at least who named Tony who listen to me in Australia. Hold on, water. Fuck, man. It's uh, technically winter, I suppose, since it's November. But I have uh, I got the fucking dry lips, you know, and and the uh, the cracks in the corner of my mouth. Good lord, I feel like a fucking animal. All right, um. So I'm thankful for anybody who would want to participate in the Twitch stuff or participate in the Twitch stream. Um, and there are people who are regulars on Twitch that I'm very thankful for because, and like I said, they, they, they make me think that it's a viable enterprise. Cause I won't lie to you. Look, I'm 53 years old. Okay. Which seems ridiculous. I don't feel 53 years old. I feel like Mike, but being 53 years old is a, uh, it's, it's in your brain and everybody's like, age is just a number. Well, yeah, age is just a fucking number until your hip breaks. You know what I mean? So it, it just seems silly to go come watch me play video games, but it's more about hanging out with me. And, and that's nice. And there are people who come to Twitch all the time and hang out with me. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for Kiki. I'm thankful for Rob. I'm thankful for Murph. I'm thankful for Jeremy, who is always there. And he is stream dad. I'm thankful for Liana. I'm thankful for Tresha and Ken, who not only have, have joined the stream, but they've also sent me things that have been very nice and supported very nicely. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Um, Scott, of course, uh, and there are people I just know by their names. I know Monster Montage. Uh, I know Brian Merton has come and visited. Uh, oftentimes, Chuck, our boy Chuck, in in uh, in the South. Is he in South Car- North Carolina? South Carolina? I forget. Um, again, I don't want to say people's last names, but I'll say them on the air if they want me to. But nobody wants me to. Who's that? <laughs> Please say my name on the air. <laughs> that would be weird. All right. Um, and I know I'm forgetting people. Amethyst J shows up. Queen Serena 40 is a new person. These are these are screen names of people that I don't know. Uh, and some of them, there's people from Wales. There's a kid named Dicky Minaj. There's a kid named So Aaron. There's people who come in and visit and hang out. And uh, and they and they don't truly they don't have to do this, but they do, which is incredibly kind of them. And they watch me play games. They give suggestions. We have fun and we we, we mess around and uh, it's great. It's great fun. So uh Thank you to everybody who comes out and supports the the Twitch channel and and watches me play games and participates in the discussions and people have sent me Tanya, our great friend Tanya in Canada. Um, you're all amazing and thank you so much for continuing to let me think that that's a, a possibility and and believe me, going forward uh, there will be a schedule. I have plans. I, ha- I have I have a list. I have plans, as you know, for YouTube, for Twitch, for all of these things and and having you involved makes me think that it makes good sense to go ahead and have a list and have plans. Because if nobody gave a fuck, why the fuck would I be doing that? Because that's easy for me to convince myself. Ah, nobody gives a fuck about this, man. You should just stop doing it, which is horseshit. Because I'll tell you what, uh, in light of what 2020 has become and going forward, uh, as I've mentioned many times before, this is my job. Podcasting, Twitch streaming, things like that. Uh, This is what I do. And anybody who supports it, 
man, I love you. I want to fucking shake your hand or give you a hug or throw you up on my shoulders and carry you around. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Anybody who makes it easier for me to make this my job and, uh, and, and survive in, in what is an increasingly hostile world. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. There's something very poetic in having a quarantine imposed upon us as a civilization and that dovetailing nicely into people supporting me while I try to start a business that is mainly based in my apartment. Does that make sense? It's almost as if this was made for quarantine, a podcasting, Twitch streaming. As I've talked about before, I have a radio station. I have a television station. I have my, these are my own. I own them. They're mine. And, uh, and being, quarantined lends it, uh, you, you you to want to seek me out. It lends itself to having me be more active in these platforms. And also, I don't want to fucking go anywhere. So this is my job. Now, conversely, does that harm content? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. There's a reason I'm doing this thank you episode for Thanksgiving, uh, because I did fuck all this week. And I'm still trying to think of a direction for year 13. I, I, I will openly admit that to you. Part of me is like, well, what if you did two shows a month and then two rerun shows? I'm like, fuck that. I can be, I can do nonsense every single fucking week. I can talk, uh, spinning up my head and fucking vomit out whatever the fuck you want me to vomit out for hours at a time. But then in my brain, I'm like, well, is that something people want to listen to? Is that something people would be interested in? Do they want to hear nonsense? Cause this is a, essentially this started as, and always function best as, uh, always functions best as a storytelling show. But there are no stories to tell when you're in your apartment all day. I mean, nobody wants to hear about how I rammed my foot into a couch leg and I, I limped around and nobody wants to hear about my new memory foam slippers you know, and, and the fit on those. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like you got to go out and do things. You got to you got to. I find myself at a crossroads because also another thing is I am I am overwhelmed by the relentless negativity and snark in society today. And it makes me go, well, you shouldn't be negative or snarky. And then I'm like, well, what the fuck? That's, that's unfortunately, that's half my brand, man. So I'm still at loggerheads with myself trying to figure out exactly what year 13 is going to be. You know, I've never been the kind of guy who has leaned on viewer mail or, you know, movie reviews or th those kinds of things, which are, to me are, are tailor made for YouTube instead of the podcast. This podcast has always been about my life and the stories contained within past, present and future. And the problem is in the present, there's no stories being made. And I think I've kind of effectively wrung every single drop out of my past. So I'm pondering, I'm contemplating, I'm like Jules right now. I'm walking the earth and I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm going to bring to you guys in year 13, uh, other than just me, because the flaw in me is that I don't think me is enough. You're all very kind and people write me and they go, you shouldn't think like that. We tune in for you. People have been very cool with their pep talks and I'm not asking for another pep talk. I'm just saying people have been very nice and they go, hey man, we want to hear your take on anything. If you if you ate a bowl of weird oatmeal, if you had a fucking bag of chips, if you, if you went outside and you got to mail, whatever the fuck, we want to hear from you, your take, your movie reviews, whatever. And, and that's really nice. And I, I hope that's true. I just feel like that seems sort of pedestrian. And it seems like the low hanging fruit that basically anyone can indulge themselves with. And why would you need it from me? Now, there is the added flavor. There's certainly the added spice of having it come from me and my unique perspective. I get this. This is true. Um, 
But at the same time, when you convince yourself that you're not as good as, as, as you think you are, you tell yourself, ah, nobody gives a fuck about that, then your unique perspective can immediately be summarily and quietly dismissed. And then you wonder why the fuck anybody thinks you have any value whatsoever. And I'm just, look, and I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, write me and tell me, hoo-hoo, and no hosannas, you know, to throw flowers. Because also, as you know, the flip side of that coin is, fuck that, I'm a fucking genius, and whatever the fuck I tell you, you'll fucking sit wrapped with attention and laugh your ass off at. I get this, you know what I mean? It's just those sort of things kind of uh, circuitously, they circle one another. You know what I mean? The, 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 the two elements of my personality are the, uh, hey man, why the fuck should anybody care about you? And hey man, everybody in the fucking world should care about me. And they just circle one another like two dogs in a dog fight, just sizing each other up, staring at one another. And it just depends each week who's going to tear whose fucking throat out. You know, is it is who's going to win? Is it going to be me going, what the fuck, man? I'm the goddamn talent. Or is it going to be me going, ah, fuck, nobody gives a flying fuck about this nonsense. I don't know. I don't know. And that's that's a strange place to live, to to live at the, the corner of uh, Confidence Boulevard and Who Gives a Fuck Avenue. I'll tell you that. But... That's where I reside, baby. And there's also a castle in Brooklyn. That's where I dwell. Uh, but so, so that's one of the reasons we're doing the thank you episode here instead of a of an actual episode, which will start next year, next year, next week. Jesus, we'll start in February, just like with the Christmas party, dummy. Um, but uh, and I'll tell you, I will tell you this too. This will sound ridiculous. Uh, I'm thankful for each and every one of you who understands the past six minutes of this podcast because you understand the struggle and you understand the fight and you indulge me and you let me go ahead and peel the onion for you guys every single week. Now, in my brain, I wonder if that gets to be a bit much. I wonder if people get bored with it. I wonder if people are thinking, oh man, I can't deal with this anymore. And that's always what flies into my skull and keeps me from thinking that I could do this or I should do this or just, you know, I, I don't know what I would give for the gift of unearned confidence. Uh, especially because I should be filled with earned confidence and there are flashes of it. You see it. But I see people who just swagger all over the fucking place and they there are people like, hey, I'm starting a new podcast. All right. Or they swagger around the space and they put up a video of them playing guitar on Facebook or, or whatever the fuck. And they're like, yeah, man, check me out. Look at me. I've got something you need to see. And I'm a guy who's been doing this for 30 years and I'm still going, man, man, nobody wants to fucking hear this, <laughs> which is ridiculous, right? Because every week I put out a show and every week people, thousands of people download it and every week. I'm proven wrong. My the 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 nattering nabobs of negativism uh, who reside inside my skull are proven wrong by kind people like yourselves who download this and listen and uh, and and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I thank you. I thank all of you. Anybody like I said who understands this battle, this struggle, this weirdness, this this intense desire to be better, but this intense effort to convince yourself you're not good. I don't know otherwise how to describe it to you. It is a strange thing. And it's been at the, at the center of this show since the beginning, you know, I mean, it's just in the beginning, I had 40 years of stories to fucking tell. And now I, I, I reside in, in these five walls and I look around and wonder what's going to come tomorrow. Will it be another super germ to keep me out of everybody's hair? And then there's part of me, I'll tell you what, I got to be honest. 
uh, there's part of me that's like, you know what I want to do? I'm going to go out. I'm just going to go fucking live my life. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do all this stuff. And if I get sick, that's a story too, right? Jesus, fuck, that's dangerous. Don't think like that. Please, we need all of you here. I'm thankful for anybody who's hearing my voice right now. Don't fucking go anywhere. Don't do anything. Believe me. And it's look, it's not really out of an intense like for you. It's it's out of an intense worry that I'll lose you and then I'll have to find another listener to replace you. I can't fucking have that happen. None of you people can die before I die. Jesus Christ, you can't die. You got to stick around and prop me up until I'm dead. Fuck me, man. I can't possibly lose. If you lose one of you, then all of a sudden, who knows? Then you're carrying around me, me around in a chair like it's a fucking, is it a Jewish wedding where they step on the glass and they dance around in a fucking barca lounger? That's fucking perfect, right? So throw me in a goddamn barca lounger and carry me the fuck around. But if one of you dies, that's no fun. Then the whole thing tips to the goddamn right. And I'm, I'm fucking listing. Nobody wants a listing podcaster. Jesus Christ, a podcaster who does lists. Maybe that's a different story, but nobody wants the listing podcaster who's listing to the side like a ship being capsized by white caps. Nobody wants that fucking bullshit. Don't die, white caps. I need you to bear me aloft on your shoulders. Carry my bark lounger and harry me to the heavens. Harry me? Carry me? Hold me? I don't know. Hold me now. Oh, my heart. Stay with me. Ooh, stay with me. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for everybody who gives the Patreon. Because again... You are, you are all Jeremy's. You are all Ahmad's. And, and some of you were there before those guys. You've, you've, you've stepped up in ways that, that uh, I, I always astonish me. Uh, like our good friend Todd Rush this week. Todd Rush stepped up. He, uh, he did a boost. You know, he was doing Patreon for a particular amount. And then he boosted tenfold. He boosted it tenfold. And, and that's amazing. That's a monthly contribution that I will always need. <laughs> Sadly, uh, I will always be thankful for. I'm thankful to Todd. I'm thankful to everybody who gives to the Patreon every single month. Anybody who thinks of me, um, you know, as I've mentioned uh, I've, on this show already, and I will always mention it is a strange time for, and, and please, I hope you can hear air quotes, artists, uh, although I'll accept entertainers. It's a strange time for entertainers because we're all reaching out. We're all trying to be in your pockets. We're all saying, oh, support us and let us do this. And please let us do the thing that we want to do. And especially now in the face of these trying times, well, all of you are also going through trying times. All of you have children who need shoes or, or sandwiches. I don't know why that's my parameters, but it is shoes and sandwiches. That's what we need. Everybody needs shoes and sandwiches. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't thank you enough for keeping me in your good graces and thinking of me via the Patreon and things like that, because it really, really, well, it shocks me every time. I mean, I, I won't lie. I mean, I'm worth it. Certainly I'm fucking worth it. And I think people should support me all the goddamn time and send me even more. Um, uh, because again, it's the same thing. If I could get one tenth of you to join the Patreon, that would, that would be a fucking game changer. It'd be ridiculous. Um, but also I will say this and, and, uh, I take great pride in this. I hope you, and I'm going to say this and, and, uh, whatever, indulge me. Um, I see a lot of Patreons out there, you know, I'll be on Facebook or I'm sorry, not Facebook. I'll be on Twitter and there are other podcasts or other artists or writers or cartoonists, illustrators, whatever. And they have Patreons. Now, look, certainly there are the ones that generate ridiculous amounts of money, and that's fucking cool. Good for them and good for their fan base and stuff like that. But I will say this. There are Twitter 
accounts that have like 40,000 followers and they have a Patreon or they'll have 50,000 followers or 100,000 followers and they'll have a Patreon for their uh, podcasts or their political posts or whatever, any, any of that stuff. And I'll go and look and um, they'll they'll have a ton of people giving to their Patreon, but their their amount that they get is is less than mine. And, and look, I'm not trying to brag about my Patreon. I need every goddamn cent. Please don't think I'm saying, oh, well, we should not give him any money. No, what I'm I'm proud of, I think the for the amount of people I have subscribing, the the average amount given by by the subscriber is is higher per person than I see in virtually any other subscription based Patreon service. And and that's amazing. The fact that you would think enough of me to give you know, because like people can give a dollar, everybody gives a dollar, and I'm happy for any fucking dollar, any two dollar, anything you give is fucking great. Um, but but the the fact that you would give more because it helps, because it keeps me afloat, because it is it is essentially you deeming me worthy of that amount. Uh, fuck, man, that's cool as hell. And and I always it's funny. I you know you can look at statistics and numbers any way you want to, but when I always see that my average is is that much higher than really popular shows, I just it, it it fucking fills me with pride because I'm look, man, I don't have even 4000 Twitter followers. I, I don't even I have like twenty two hundred Facebook friends. There's only eight hundred people in the fucking fan club. Uh, I know there are thousands and thousands of people who download the show every week, but maybe they just don't express it on social media. I don't fucking know. Um, but 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 to not have the reach that these other people have and yet to still have so many more people reach back. God damn, is that something to be proud of? And I am. And and that's because of you guys. Thank you. Thank you to anybody who gives to the Patreon. Thank you for giving a dollar. Thank you for giving a hundred. Thank you for giving 50 every month, like our friend Todd Rush. Thank you to anybody who has signed up to help me out. It It's, I've always said this and I'll say it over and over. There is no greater gift in the world than to be paid to be yourself. And when you give to the Patreon, when you donate via PayPal, at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. When you give any dime or dollar to this show, you are bringing me closer and closer to being able to make a living being myself. And who can ask for more than that? Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who's ever laughed. Thank you to anyone who's subscribed. There are people who've been here from the beginning. There are people who have gone through. And oh, I, I want to say this. Thank you to Mary Beth Kirk, who always reaches out to me and, and has booked me for Cameo a few times and has helped out the show financially. And and uh, and she's having a tough time now. Her She wound up having a, a family event this week. Now, like, I, I don't want to be that guy. All I can say to her, I'm, you know, like, I can't. Here's the address. No, I can't be that dude. Um, I just took notice of it this morning. And so I just want to say uh, I love you, Mary Beth, and I hope things are going well and, and hang in there. Everything will be fine. Um, and, and can I make assurances to that? No, but I feel that I do feel that everything is going to be fine. You know, I always come on here and I, I'll doomsay and I'll talk about, well, Jesus Christ, well, this planet's spinning on the fucking toilet or whatever the fuck, or turn it over to the giraffes or all, all that stuff. And yeah, I can feel like that. But also, there you have to feel that it's going to be better. You have to feel that things are going to be good. You have to feel that things are going to exceed our grasp. But then you'll keep reaching, and it'll exceed our grasp, and then you'll keep reaching, and eventually you'll grab it. It'll be good again. It will be. It will be. 
I don't know if it's going to be a vaccine or a medicine or a fucking well have to live in bubbles and masks. And who, I don't fucking know, man. I don't. I have no idea what what the future brings for any of us. I don't, I'm don't. i fucking day to day. Hey, look, I'll tell you this. I, I will tell you this. Why not? What the fuck? Um, you know, I mentioned how thankful I am for you on Patreon. I'm thankful for you at Twitch. I'm thankful for everybody at YouTube. I'm thankful for anybody who allows me to earn a dime, a dollar and a cent in the business I was meant to fucking do. Uh, because it's, and it's going to be even more, uh, you know, intense over the next few weeks because, uh, I, I wound up getting a note. This is fun. Uh, Why not share this with you? I got a note from the California, the state of California. Uh, and they want some paperwork from me proving this and that and some other things. And they have to go ahead and crunch some numbers. And if the numbers don't come out the way they want them to, (laughs) uh, they're going to want a lot of money from me. I, I can't get into specifics here. And, and it's okay. Like it's not, you know, I'm not going to wind up in a, in a box somewhere, but it was that thing where I went, I, I they sent me the note and I looked at it and I'm like, really, really you, you guys, uh, there's literally one in 105 people, one in 105 people in Los Angeles County has the germ right now. Do you maybe, do you maybe have more important things to worry about than uh fucking podcaster hiding in his apartment? Do you, do you, is there possibly someone else you can set the dogs loose on? That'd be great. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens again. It's, it's, uh, and look, man, it, it wouldn't be life if that kind of shit didn't happen. And I, 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 for life for us, you know what I mean? For, for me and you and people who aren't fucking rich, you know, rich people, they don't give a fuck. They get a letter from the state and they laugh. They head it to seven lawyers and they go off and they have some fucking caviar omelets. Who gives a fuck? But people like you and me, we get a note from the state because here's the thing I tried to explain to people. And they're like, well, that's fine. We'll just send them what they need. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. You know, first of all, you guys know me. The whole hassle of having to get the paperwork and do all that bullshit. That's that's fucked. Nobody wants to do any of that stuff. Okay, but then it's the thing where even if they find if there's one decimal point that's wrong. The very fact that you're under the interrogation lamp, the very fact that there's any scrutiny whatsoever it means that they're going to be looking for a way to gank you. And I know that's a weird way to think. Uh, but, but I mean, how often, how many times you said, you know what? Yeah, I, it's cool. I'll trust the state. You know what I mean? I got news for you. The state straps guys into chairs and sends them to fucking Jesus town, man. The state doesn't fuck around. So as much as I love living in California, I got to admit getting that note, I was just kind of like, oh, fuck. And then, like I said, people are always great. They're always like, oh, man, just do what they ask. And I'm like, yeah. But the thing is, like, if one decimal point is wrong or one zero is a one or whatever the fuck, then who knows? Then the whole fucking house of cards comes falling down and I'm in an orange jumpsuit picking up garbage on the 405. Who the fuck knows, man? Um, and yes, it won't reach that pitch. I understand it. It's just it's just. Uh, and I, I know life brings these challenges. Life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Thanks, John. But I, I just, uh, I, I just don't, you know, we just want to hide. Let get me through the germ. Go make a medicine. Leave me the fuck alone. Go make a medicine. Hire all the people who are in charge of sending out the threatening emails to make medicines. Just, just fucking do that thing with like Curly and the three stooges and they get a fucking old boot. They pour four different fucking things of medicine in it, and then they slap it on fucking Shemp's face, make a mustard plaster on it, and fix my lumbago. Whatever the fuck, man. God damn it. Had a can of fan. Just fucking mix it all up in a boot and make me a goddamn vaccine so I can go back outside to the goddamn beach and breathe. 
Uh, but no, instead, I get an email. Excuse me, Mr. Schmidt. Uh, according to our records. Oh, my God. Why records? Where's Ed Norton and Fight Club when you need it? Fucking somebody said bombs off, please. Let's get some Project Mayhem running here so I don't get any more threatening emails. And it wasn't a threat. It was very nice. <laughs> it was worded professionally. But it doesn't matter. As you know, we, we you see that shit. You just worry and wonder and, and hope and think and... You know, and it's the thing where you finally kind of reach a, a a zen like, you know, I'm OK with the staying in my apartment. I'm OK with the not going out. I'm OK with not going anywhere. And and I understand it because, I mean, I, I you know, I'm frustrated by it, but I do what I what I think is right, not only for me, but for others. And so, you know, you you obey whatever the laws of science are and things like that. But then you get this thing and it just goes, oh, man, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to go to a fucking bar without a mask. I'm going to drink a bottle, whatever the fuck, Jack, whoever, gentleman, this fucking McAllen's that. I don't give a fuck. Let me choke it down. What do you got? Scotch? What do you got? Whiskey? What do you got? Scotch whiskey? What do you got? Bourbon? Uh, You know what? I'll have one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer. Fuck the beer. Hold the beer. I'll take one bourbon, one scotch, one more bourbon, one more scotch. I'm going right for the fucking hard stuff, man. With no mask. I'll try to burn out the fucking germ from within. So, the very fact that you would help me via PayPal or Patreon or Cameo or or by watching YouTube or donating on Twitch or even watching Twitch, uh, it's unbelievably important and it really helps me in ways that uh, no matter how many times I state them, they are understated. You can't understand exactly how important it is to me that you support me with your dollars and your eyeballs and your laughter. That makes me very happy. Um you know, and, and thank you. Thank you to anybody who's ever downloaded, tuned in, anybody who likes it, anybody who's ever told a friend. You know, I, when I did the Eddie show, people sent that to friends and people, and that was pretty cool. New people came on board and started listening. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're unique. Uh, and, the, and that's the problem going forward here is I don't know how to preserve that uniqueness if I'm talking about movies and viewer mail and bullshit. And, and I, you know what I mean? I, I don't. We're unique because I just I generate whatever the fuck comes out of my head and I talk about my life. And now with we've gone through a year now, bare nine months, 10 months of my life being on a shelf and everything. And I'll talk more about this next week because I have ideas. Um, and now and now we, we go forward and we do what we can. And, and uh, but it's important for me to do this and tell you how much I appreciate you and thank you for tuning in and listening uh, and supporting financially and supporting by telling people spreading the word about the show is incredibly helpful and, and, uh, and sending money and reaching out and all of that and sending, you know, a kudos and attaboys and listening all, all of it. It just, and coming to the streams and participating in the, in the Twitch streams and things like that. All of these things I am thankful for. I am thankful to each and every one of you. And, uh, and I love you. You've made it very, uh, possible for me to survive by doing the thing I'm best at. I say this, you know, I've done these shows in the past and then I will tell you, this is a concern of mine. You know, I've said these things I've, I've given life to these thoughts before verbally. I've told you in past shows or I've typed it out and I've told you that how much it matters to me. And I never want that to be old hat. I never want you to think, oh, well, again, it's that, you know, the maudlin thank you and the bullshit. And no, no, fuck that, man. That's not it's not what it's about. It's not it's not something that I am required to do. 
It is not something that I feel I need to do to keep you on the hook. It is something I tell you because it lives inside of me. It lives in my fucking brain and it lives in my heart and it bursts out of me and it has to be said. It has to be expressed. I have to tell you just how much I owe you people. And please recognize that that I know this. I understand this. And and yes, there you can say that I pay the price by giving you a show every week or by giving you sh- extra shows or doing live stuff for the CD. Yeah, you're paying for me. You're paying for my art. Uh, and that makes me very happy because you've allowed me to go ahead and create these things uh, for now 13 years. But the stand up, the whole thing, it's been 30 years, which is ridiculous to me. And I cannot thank you enough for being on board and uh, and recognizing that I am the fucking talent. And I will be as long as you're out there. If you're listening, I'm talking. I don't give a fuck. All the way to the goddamn pine box, you're going to get a show. Now, do I know what it's going to be going forward? Do I know what it's going to be next week? Could it just be me reading off fucking ingredients and fucking talking about recipes? I don't have any idea, man. I don't know. I will do my best. To, and, and look, do I need to start over and just start redoing the shows, telling old stories again? I don't have any fucking idea. But I do know that it is extremely important that you're out there. And if you're out there on the other end of this goddamn microphone, if your iPod vagina is full and your earbuds are slammed in and you're hearing every goddamn syllable that flies out of my fucking mouth right into your naked steaming ears, then uh, that's important. And that's all I need. And that is literally, you know, I got into this thinking I'd be famous. I got into this thinking I'd be, oh, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be all of these things. And life changes, man. You know, you take fucking a lot of cool, weird turns and hit some speed bumps and there's a cul-de-sac and a roundabout and what the fuck and who knows. And then your car breaks down. You got to get a new one. And then you got Ron Brown's war wag and got to get a new one of those. And, uh, and that's what this podcast is. This podcast details a life, the journey of one, the journey of self. Let's go ahead and write that fucking book. Idiot. <laughs> um, and each, you know, each and every one of you has your own stories. Each and every one of you has your own lives. And you're you're present in those 24 hours a fucking day. So for me to give you any real estate or from you to give me, I apologize for you to give me any real estate in your lives is incredibly important. And I am humbled and I am grateful and I am thankful. Most of all for being allowed to be in your lives for as long as I have been. Thank you so much for thinking of me. It makes me very happy. Uh, and I love you dudes. That's the best. And, uh, you know, I couldn't just leave this show at this. Cause like I said, it's a very, it's uh it's just a thank you episode, a Thanksgiving. Thank you episode. And so we have to go back into the archives. We have to go ahead and, and, and check out shows. And I've done shows for Thanksgiving before, you know, I've talked about shows where I've, I've, uh, told stories of, you know, Thanksgiving's present, Thanksgiving's past, but there's really one Thanksgiving show that I did, which actually took place the week after Thanksgiving, believe it or not. I, uh, I was describing a Thanksgiving and it was a week after Thanksgiving and it is the, um, quintessential Thanksgiving show that I ever did because people still quote it to me to this day. It is a favorite of listeners. It is a favorite of subscribers. It is a favorite of uh, friends. My friends have listened to this one too, as a matter of fact. And and uh, people quote this to me all the time. And I'm proud of it. And I'm very happy about it. And I and it came up with a phrase that people still uh, say always to me every time they see me. And it makes me very happy whenever we discuss things like this. And it comes up. Uh, and I think it's appropriate. I will tell you this because. Uh, you know, a lot of people right now, this is this is a very uh, this is a unique Thanksgiving 
because we're being encouraged not to spend time with family. We're being encouraged not to uh, travel and be with friends. We're, we're essentially being told not to have a regular Thanksgiving. We're being told that we should spend time having a Thursday. It's not a Thanksgiving. It's a Thursday. And I think that uh, that theme is echoed. Uh, in fact, I actually saw this coming, I think I guess you could say, <laughs> when I did this show uh, coming up right now. First of all, I'll tell you this. We'll be here next week. Year 13 of the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast starts next week. This time for sure, says Bo Winkle. Episode one will be next week, next Thursday morning. Look for that. It'll be there. But today is Thanksgiving, and we give thanks together with a visit to the past and uh, a show that, like I said, is very appropriate for the times we are experiencing this particular year. Episode 37 of year two. Look around, folks. Take a big, deep breath. Because it's supposed to be Thanksgiving. But it just smells like Thursday. I'm not going to get any good presents this year. Good Christ. Christ. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. It is exciting. It is December 2nd. We are into the final month of the year, folks. It's the home stretch of 2009, about to head to 2010. It's the end of a decade. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is because I said to my wife today, I'm like, I, uh, I, she goes, doing a podcast today? Oh, yeah, she goes, what are you talking about? I go, I don't, I don't know, really, until I get there. And she goes, you should bring up all the stuff from the past, like the 10 years, like talk about the album of the decade and the movie of the decade. I said, you don't listen to this show at all, do you? You don't know anything about this show, uh, which is also true because this morning, the miracle of Hanjabica continued. And uh, I said it to her. I said that exact sentence. I go, the miracle of Hanjabika continues. And she's like, what? I go, you don't know what that means, do you? She goes, no. But I go, good. I don't want you to know what that means. I, I'm keeping, because she hasn't heard the show. She didn't listen to the show about Hanjabika. She doesn't know what that means. Uh, it's so funny. Like, I want to do uh, uh, a shirt. We wanted to do a Hanjabika shirt. Mex, it was funny. Mex called me after he heard the show. He goes, dude, I already drew the shirt. And I go, dude, I had an idea for the shirt. Like, I, I knew exactly what it was going to be. And I bet you at home can figure out what it was going to be. But I don't have any Jewish friends to run it by to see if it's offensive. I have no idea if it is. I mean, the very concept of Hanjabika might be offensive, I suppose. Uh, but I, I don't know if the shirt itself is going to be offensive. But uh, we were excited about it. God damn. I mean, it's like, Mex thought it was, you know, he drew it. And I, I was like, Dude, that's the exact idea I had, uh, but now I have no idea if it's offensive. So if you're Jewish, write me and tell me if Hanjabika is offensive. I do have Jewish friends. I should say, look, I have, uh, uh, I mean, all my comedian friends, I, I know, I, I, but I don't want to bother them with that. Hey, ring, ring, how are you, Andy Kindler? I got a question for you as you're walking out of the set of The Letterman Show. Nobody wants to be bothered with my fucking nonsense. Terrible. Uh, all right, folks, it is uh, December 2nd, as I've mentioned. That is a day that will live forever in Schmidt history. Uh... I sit here today in my Bears sweater. Uh, I have a bear. I have a Bears sweater, and I have a Bears jersey, and I have a Bears license plate frame. And uh, I, I don't. I don't think I like the Bears anymore. <laughs> so I am stuck with all this paraphernalia for no fucking reason. It's terrible. The Bears are awful. Which is and I got to again, men in pajamas throwing a ball around. I, I said it. Men in costumes. I, there's no reason to be that invested in it, and I'm not. 
My Sundays have now been freed up for uh, light snoozing and snacking because I don't involve myself in any sort of football activity because the fucking bears blow. There's no point in tuning in and watching it. Uh, I do watch it, or I'll TiVo it and just fast-forward through it and watch It's so funny to, to watch it and fast-forward and see the guys in the different colored uniforms running the other way against the Bears. I'm like, oh, really? Is that happening? Of course it is. That's why you're watching it on fast-forward, idiot. Uh, but I also buy, every year, like for the past 10 years, I bought the NFL Sunday ticket from DirecTV, which is like 270 bucks now or 250 I don't know how much it is. Once you're, I'm grandfathered in at the original price. They've raised it you know, precipitously as the years have gone by. Uh, so I got it at like 250 but even that's too much when your fucking team blows. Oh, my God. I'm chilling out 250 I might as well just like it, it, walk up to strangers on the street and hand them $5 to kick me in the balls until I got to 250 You know what I mean? It's just, it's terrible. Paying for the privilege of watching a team that fucking blows. It's like, you know, having season tickets would be worse, obviously, because then you're out freezing your ass off. I mean, I'm sitting in warm California watching the Bears get their, a foot put in their ass. But still, it, it, I almost want, like, I want to call DirecTV and get the money back. Like, I want to say to them, <laughs> but I don't know the basis of that conversation. Hi, the Bears stink. Can I have my money back, please? And I'm sure they would certainly, they would immediately go, certainly, sir, let's credit you immediately for the, under the uh, bad football team clause in your contract, let's prorate it. Yes, you get $100 back. Thank you. The Bears are awful. And then I'll take that $100 and I'll rip it to shreds and I'll mail it to the Bears to show them what I think of them. <coughs> because uh, that, that seems to be a trend with people ripping things up and mailing it. Uh, that means nothing to anybody except Lily. All right. Uh because as we sat here with our weekly therapy session, I heard uh, crazy stuff. Ladies are crazy. I uh, Ladies are absolutely crazy. And men are sort of crazy, too. But but ladies, holy God, are crazy. And, and uh, women. <laughs> Why do women think they can? Uh, women think they can get you to do whatever they want you to do. You know what I mean? And they can. Cause we're, uh, and I hate to be that cliche, like, we're men and we do it and I make things and blah, blah, blah. And I, I like beer. Shut up, dick. But I hate when women try to get over on you. It's like the worst feeling in the world because, you know, if you don't think with your cock you're, you're, and you're smart enough to see through it, then you're just, then you're just angry that, that, that they could play the role on you. Oh, fuck. There, all right. Here, I'm at, uh, I'm in uh, Graveyardville. Okay. And uh, there's a hot girl who lives there. She's very hot. And she's friendly. We say hi every time I see her. Other people just run away from me as if I were some sort of uh, uh, angry uh, gnome in an office. But the, uh, she, I don't know if a gnome, that doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't be a gnome. Uh, ogre. There you go. More of an, I'm, I'm much more of an ogre than a gnome. Uh, with, uh, and I, I think I have uh, devastating hit points and I, I can cast a spell of lading. Uh <laughs> Spell of lading. You know what that was? It, I, I was going to say spell of something else, but lading popped into my head because in the movie Trading Places, Al Franken and Tom Davis play dumb shipping clerks, and Stephen Stucker gives them a bill of lading, and he, he he enunciates it so clearly. This is a bill of lading that has been stuck in my head since 1983. So 26 years later, I bring to you the spell of lading, which would I think would be a spell that you would cast on someone to give them a uh, a written record of transport. I don't know why you would have a spell of lading, but I just did. I created one. All right, uh, as an ogre. Uh, or a mage. Perhaps I'm a mage. All right. Uh, God, I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons in 900 years. There was th those are the days, huh, folks? When you were 14 in your buddy's room with a black light on, playing Dungeons and Dragons with glow-in-the-dark dice, listening to Rush 2112, trying to figure out the lyrics. Oh my God, that was great. All right. Uh, you know what? I was so proud of myself. There's a line: "Let the banners be unfurled," and I pulled that line because there's uh, in in the 2112 in Temples of Syrinx. Uh, there's a song, uh, We Are the Priests of the Temples of Syrinx. And uh, he goes, uh, uh, I'm trying to, 
oh God, what is that? You know, I, I don't want to sing the whole song because God knows. Yeah, let's put it this way. You don't want me to sing the whole song. Uh, but there's there's a line where he says, let the banners be unfurled. Hold the red star proudly high in hand. So we were, and we were literally writing down the lyrics. And the funny thing is, in the Rush 2112 album, the lyrics are contained. They are right there. <laughs> But when, you know, we were too young to get high, I suppose, at the time, because our parents were all upstairs. So we went and we sat down and we broke down 21 and we were writing it out. And I pulled the word unfurled at 13. And everybody's like, well, that's not a word. And I'm like, yes, it is unfurled. It's like when you unfold something. It's like when you, you know, let the banners be unfurled. And they're like, I don't, that's not a word. And I go, dude, it's like this. And I actually had to demonstrate with a shirt how to unfurl something. I had to pick up a shirt, roll it up, and then go, and like, that's unfurling. That is, that's that. And they're like. Oh, all right. And then they wrote it down, and then we continued on to the rest of Temples of Syrinx. Uh, how did I spiral off on a Temple of Syrinx? Uh, let, can I think of, well, a spell of lading, and then it led to, I was in, uh, as an ogre with uh, a mage. Oh, hit points in Dungeons and Dragons. All right, enjoy that run, folks, for no reason. Um... So as an o as the office ogre, I'm in in there waiting, and uh, uh, there's a, a like a really she's really cute, this really hot little girl, and uh, not little girl. Oh my god, that sounds awful. Yeah, she's four. Oh my god, is she sexy? And uh, <laughs> how disgusting is that? Uh, no, she's like you know 22, and she's really hot. So she walks in the other day, and uh, she uh, I go, hey, what's happening? Uh, uh, I, for for our purposes, what can I call her that sounds like her name but isn't her name? Mark. No, <laughs> not even close. Uh, I don't want to say her name. Sorry. So I go, hey, what's happening? She goes, nothing. She goes, uh, I'm looking forward to flying home. And I go, oh, you're, you're heading home? She goes, yeah. She goes, I go to, uh, I have to go to Kentucky. I said, oh, that's great. Uh, and it was like, it was about two in the morning. I said, wow, when do you leave? She goes, oh, I gotta, I'm going to the airport. I got to be there at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. I said, oh, great. She goes, yeah. Uh, you know, have you ever called a cab? That's how young this girl is. And I go, uh, what do you mean? She goes, well, I don't know how you get a cab here. I go, well, you would probably put yellow cab into the internet and you would get a million numbers for cabs. And she's like, yeah, you know, I've just, I don't know if I'm comfortable taking a cab to the airport. I mean, I've never really uh, gotten a cab or anything. So I, I just, I don't know. And I have to be there around six. And I go, oh yeah. She goes, what time do you leave today? And I go, uh, well, I'm supposed to leave around six, but I, I was a little late today. I might leave around six thirty, seven o'clock. She goes, oh yeah, you know, so you'll probably be here when the cab gets here if I wind up calling the cab. And I go, yeah, because I, I, I see what's happening, okay? She thinks because she's a hot girl, I'm, a, I'm supposed to trip on my dick and just go, duh, I'll take you to the airport, duh. You know, because that's what they want because they're used to that happening. They're expected to happen because they're hot girls and guys will do things for them. And it's true, I normally would. If I wasn't married, are you fucking kidding me? I, I would have been like, oh, you know what? I'll be happy to go ahead and take you to the airport. And by the way, is there any way Hanjabica can continue with you? Let me bring you the concept of Hanjabica. Uh, you know, I would break that to her because, I mean, come on, you got to get a little something for the effort to the airport. Airport ride? That's worth a hand job, right? Isn't it from a stranger? Uh, all right. So, and when she's not even a stranger, I see her all the time. We say hi, we're friendly. You know, I, I don't think I'm out of line there. Uh, and she, she only has to use one hand. Let's put it this way: we, we're uh, go one hand. I don't need I don't need a two hander. I don't need any. You know, that's fine. One hand, even while I'm driving, I don't care. I'll fuck up my steering wheel. Let's do it. I'll get uh, and uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take care of it. Uh, I don't think I'm out of line for asking that, but I didn't really ask that. But anyway, she's, uh, uh, but if, but that's if I wasn't married. Like, if I was a young guy, forget about it. Again, I would have just, I would have leaped over the desk and offered to pack her fucking bags just to get her in my goddamn car, just so when she got out, I could smell her for the next four days. You know what I mean? 
But now I'm like a, an old married guy, so I'm like, I no offense, I know she's not gonna fuck me, so there's no way I'm taking her to the airport. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, but she's waiting for me to offer. It's like this weird cryptic game, and then she's just like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. I wonder how I could get to the airport. And then she's only going to the Burbank airport, which, you know, uh, again, I'm far too old to get off before the Burbank airport. Even if there, <laughs> even if there's a hand job on the table now, that's only like a 10 minute ride. I'm sorry. It's going to take a little more effort than that to, to get me, uh, you know, if it was going to LAX, I'm sure she could, uh, you know, with, she could give me a hand job and that would, we'd reach completion and I'd get her to the airport, but Burbank, no chance. We're going to have to involve other body parts. Uh, even though none of that is on the table. Again, this is all in my fucking brain. None of it was even offered. It wasn't proffered. There wasn't even, it wasn't even like she went, hey, I hope, I wonder how to call a cab. And then went, uh, uh, and put her tongue in her cheek and, and did a hand job. And it didn't happen. I'm just creating all this out of full, a whole cloth. But if it were to be offered, I would need much more than a hand job to take her to the Burbank airport. Because again, that's not going to get the job done. Uh, so... She just tries, you know, again, she just sat there. It, it, it was an uncomfortable two minutes because I know she was waiting for me to offer it. I wasn't fucking offering. So finally, she was like with a, like a little sigh. And like, you know what she did? I mean, literally almost like a, a little girl. The final, she threw a cute Hail Mary. That's what she did. <laughs> she threw a fucking cute Hail Mary at me. She literally went, oh, and kind of bit her knuckle and kicked the floor. You know what I mean? Like this weird, like, oh, yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, cute Hail Mary. Broke it up at the last second. Sorry. Knock it down. That ball was batted down in the end zone, and it was not completed. You did not get the touchdown at the end. Good luck calling your cab. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I saw the cute Hail Mary, and I, I had to pass it up. And she's like, okay, well, she went upstairs. Uh, and then, weirdly, like, she comes back downstairs at like 530 in the morning with another person who lives in the building. She, I, I don't know if she was waiting in the hallway to see anyone walk by, but uh, because look, again, getting a ride to the Burbank airport is not that big a deal from where we were. Uh, it's only, like I said, it's a 10 minute, 15 minute drive. LAX is much different. You know, then you're, then you're looking at at least 45 minutes round trip. So, uh, you know, she, she was able to snag a woman in the building who went, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm heading that way anyway, so I'm just going to take her. And I'm like, great. Good luck to all of you. And uh, uh, they split. But I, I just, I hate that thing where chicks presume that you're going to do something. And chicks, listen, how rude am I? It's awful. Women. I don't know why, I mean, I know why women presume they can get you to do shit it's just they can't all the time <laughs> when i was younger absolutely forget about it when i first started dating karen there was a girl named michelle uh who was a, a comic in chicago and uh she met me at i had just first started dating karen dating karen and then i was at the comedy womb uh comedy club and michelle was there and we hit it off uh and she was doing a lot you know twirling her corkscrew curls with her finger and you know a lot of hand on my chest and a lot of hey how are you you're funny oh you're new i've never met you before and uh it looked like you know we were uh, getting along pretty well so i bought her a drink we were hanging out of there at the bar and then we went out that night after the the shows and i i should say i'm dating karen at the time okay so but at, at the time just dating it's really early in our dating relationship too early for me to consider it a dating relationship apparently uh, as i'm taking michelle corkscrews out for drinks so i, I don't know how, how that's gonna work uh, that's going to play, but again, she's not going to find out. Nobody's going to find out, right, until 12 years later when I tell it on a podcast. All right. Uh, and by 12 years later, I mean 16 years later. Because if this happened in 97, I'd be in a lot of fucking trouble because we were married. All right. Um, I, so uh, so Corkscrews is like, hey, you know, we go to drinks and uh, we wind up uh, 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 here. Every guy will identify with, with this. We wind up in the car talking. 
Yeah, that's right. Until like five in the morning, like that deal where it's like, hey, there might be a connection here. The only reason the guy is there is because he thinks he's going to get laid. That's the only fucking reason a guy is in a car talking until five o'clock in the morning with a girl he met that night is because he thinks there's a possibility of something happening. And again, she's been doing a lot of touching at the arm, a lot of hair flipping, a lot of touching my chest and like, you know, uh, very flirty at the bar. Like, you know, I, uh, I put my arm around her once and she like put her head on my shoulder, like all that kind of stuff is happening. But no, there's been I've there's been no finish line. There's been no finish line. It's been all fucking carrot at this point so we're in the car talking and we're you know like i said hitting it off at 5 a.m and then uh, she's like well you know what i actually i'm gonna take off and i i lived in uh bolingbrook at the time and she lived in the city in chicago and uh and she we had separate cars so she's like well i'm, I'm gonna go and i said okay well you know uh, uh and she gave me your number and i gave her my number and she's like i'll give you a call i said great and she's like so you're in town i said yeah i live in bolingbrook and uh uh i went you know i walked her to her car and then she leaned in and i thought all right, is she, like, this is aggressive. Is she going for the kiss? And then I went, I kind of leaned in for the kiss goodbye, and I got a face full of corkscrews as she turned her fucking head and went right for the shoulder for the goodbye hug. Oh, it was awful. And, uh, and I can tell you, gee, her smell, hair smelled terrific. I, that happened. But literally, like, she kind of leaned in, and I leaned in, and then she turned. Like, she went, like, a crazy U-turn, and boom, I face full of corkscrews. So then my face, so then I can't move because I have to pretend that that's where my face was supposed to go. And I just, and I'm, so I put my face, like, mouth right up to her ear, and I says, hey, I'll give you a call. Like, I'm like, what do you do at that point? Because my mouth, my tongue is basically in her ear because I, you know, I, I swooped in. Like, she swooped in first, though. I went to meet her halfway, and boom, face full of corkscrews. So uh, I give her the nice goodbye hug, and then I, you know, tuck her in her car, and she drives off. And in my head now, I'm, my mind's racing a little bit because I'm like, all right, well, I came close. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've only been in town for a little while, so I'm excited. So this was on uh, Friday night. And uh, then I see Karen on Saturday and uh, uh, I, I, you know, do my best. How was last night? Oh, good. Everything was great. That was fine. I didn't, I certainly didn't uh, put my face in a girl's hair. What? Shut up. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't that because I again, I at the time I was younger and I had a little game. So, I mean, I was just I played it off. I was fine. Uh, but uh, Michelle called me Saturday and I was like, oh, OK, but I, I wasn't around to get the call. So I was like, all right, she called me. And uh, so I, I was going to give her a call back on Sunday. So I call her. I call Michelle up on Sunday and she's like, hey, you, which is uh, and you're like, oh, I do you remember my name. God, I hope you remember my name. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> And I go, hey, what's happening? And she's like, because uh, I was doing an episode of the show. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she's like, no, Michael, how are you? And I'm like, oh. And, and she called me Michael, which was really uh, weird because, uh, you know, I was Mike on stage and Mike all night. But now I'm Michael. Hmm. Women make that leap. Women women go with Michael right away. Karen calls me Michael. She's like the only one. Uh, and my buddy Jeff. Literally, that's the only two people in the world who call me Michael. Um, what do you care? All right. So. <laughs> I don't even, why, why do I spit out this random bullshit that nobody fucking cares about? See, I get, I hear from people all the time. They're like, you ought to tighten the show up. You know what I, you, maybe you go ahead and rein the show in a little bit. And, and, uh, cause I always, they, they bust my balls about it being long and I bust my own balls about it being long. Uh, and then I go off on tangents like this that explain why the goddamn show is so long, but it's because I don't, there's no need to, I, I don't fucking know. And then I hear from people who want it longer. That's even, that cracks me up. Who the fuck wants this show longer? People will write to thank me sometimes when I'll do like, like an hour and a half, they'd be like, oh my God, thank you for doing a 90 minute show because it, it you know, I, I don't know if it made time fly by or I, I don't know if they're using me to bake a cake. What if they're using my show to like cook something? Like they just put in the CD and it's like, oh, you know what? I know when you're done, it's time to flip the ribs. I mean, I have no idea how that works. Uh, so some people enjoy it. Some people, but other people have told me that I seem to be a little scattershot and I need to focus a little more. And uh, as Lily said, uh, you will never be commercially viable until you go ahead and make this show more streamlined. And I said, well, guess what? <laughs> 
There's trouble afoot for all of us. You mean to tell me that there's no uh, market for people to just sit there and listen to a madman rant for 90 minutes? That doesn't exist? What about your friend Spalding Gray, who I've heard so much about in context with my name? Didn't he do something like that? Well, yeah, but he had light cues and a table. So guess what? <laughs> He's fucking victorious. He carries the flag, the champion flag, and I got nothing. I got, they got no fading spotlight. I got no Carol Burnett with a mop. I got none of that fucking happening, God damn it. Uh, I just got a show that gets longer by the fucking minute, which I guess is how it works, really, when you think about it, quite frankly. Doesn't everything get longer by the minute? I think everything you do gets longer by the minute, doesn't it? <laughs> Stupid. All right. Uh, so Sunday, I, I, I wind up talking to uh, Michelle on the phone, and uh, she's like, hey, you. And uh, I'm like, hey, what's happening? And we're talking. And, and uh, she's like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I go, uh, well, I, I don't know. She's And she wanted to know if I was going to the funny firm because the funny firm has shows on Monday night. And I says, you know what? I hadn't really thought about it, but now, yeah, I might be up for it. She goes, oh, so you'll be in the city tomorrow? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I, I wasn't sure about the firm. Are you going to the firm? And she's like, well, uh, you know, why don't you, uh, here's, I have a great idea. Why don't you come down in the city early and come to my place? And then we can go to the firm together. And I'm like, well, business just picked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? That sounds like a possibility. I mean, I, I could probably do that. And uh, I, meanwhile, I was supposed to do something with Karen on Monday. So now in my head, I'm just like, well, that's fine. I'll just tell her I'm doing a show and pray to God that she doesn't want to come see that show. Uh, so Michelle's like, yeah, you know, could you come over, you can come over like real early. Like we, we could have lunch and then, uh, and maybe dinner even before the show. And I'm like, uh, well, how, how about breakfast? <laughs> I didn't say that, but in my head, that's, you know, it, literally my cock is like, here, give me the phone. I mean, it's like my, he wants, he wants to talk and negotiate terms at this point. He's not concerned with lunch or dinner. He's he's skipping right to fucking breakfast after some serious headboard bouncing. Like he's, he's just excited to be involved at this point. He hasn't been unsheathed since California, uh, at least not with another person. So he's, he's excited. He's just happy to get somebody else in the mix. All right. So, uh, uh so I say to uh, corkscrews, I'm like, all right, well, yeah, you know what? That sounds like a plan. Maybe I can come down a little early. We'll go to lunch. You got a place by you. She's like, well, here's the thing. She goes, if you come down in the morning, you can help me move. <laughs> and I said, what? She goes, yeah. She goes, I'm moving tomorrow. I'm moving. Like, I, 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 have, I have to be out of my apartment. So I'm, I'm moving to another apartment. Uh, it's close by. It's not far. I'm going to get a truck. Uh, maybe you and I could go pick up the truck in the morning. And then uh, I figured you could come by. We could go ahead and move and then go have lunch and then, and then go to the show. And my cock looks up at me and goes, here, you take the phone. Because I know now that uh, there's no interest at all in me with my uh, silk jacket and funny jokes. There's no interest at all in that happening. Literally, Corkscrews just wants me to come down to Chicago. And she thinks because she touched my chest and touched my arm and flirted with me that I'm going to fucking drive down there and help her move. So I'm at her house. No, <laughs> no, that did not happen. I, uh, I, 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 it was like, it was just a cold bucket of cold water through the phone. And I immediately, I, I went, I fucking put walls up. I turned into dick me and I just went, yeah, you know what? I, I don't think I can make it. And she's like, well, are you, are you going to the firm though? Right. I'll probably see you there. And I go, I don't know. I don't know if I will. I, you know what? I'm never going to the funny firm again. In fact, I might quit comedy altogether <laughs> because it is that bitch goddess that led me into this fucking trap. 
because I met you at a club and now you're using another club to try to as a fulcrum to get me down there and carry your boxes of fucking shampoo. I don't think so, corkscrews. That's all in my head, by the way. Uh, on the phone, I'm just like, well, I don't know if I, uh, <clears throat> or uh, I don't, uh, you know, like, because I'm, I'm quite literally fucking flabbergasted and disappointed. Because again, you know, if you get on the phone with a hard on, you expect to keep it at least to the end of the call. Uh, no, I, I want it. It went away, and everything went away. My, 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 everything about my desirability and the fact that I had broken through. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm in town a week, and I'm gonna get laid by this chick. No, none of it. Literally, I was a mule. She, I, she, I, she was looking for a guy in a wife beater and a hand truck. That's what she wanted. She didn't want me. She wasn't concerned with specific me. She didn't care about my magic or my lingu- my linguistics or the things that I brought to the table. All she cared was she probably flirted with the biggest guy that night. That's probably what the fuck it was. Because she's got an armoire that's really fucking heavy. So she's like, well, fuck that guy. I'm going to need to have him buy me a drink. I mean, seriously, that's the way it was. I wasn't funny. I wasn't good looking. I wasn't charming. I was just a, a moose. That's what it was. She was like, you know what? I need to find the guy here who can carry my Davenport. Did you know the four-year-old boy thinks he can fly? Hello, I'm Mike Schmidt from the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast. You know, a lot of listeners have written me and said, Mike, we really admire the way you carry yourself, and we wish we could react in situations the way you do. Well, now at Mike Schmidt Online University, there are classes you can take to learn how to react just like the 40-Year-Old Boy would. Classes like how to sleep through a robbery, eating pie for speed, and how to tolerate a clown. Take these classes and you too can live your life just like Mike Schmidt, me, the 40-year-old boy does. Thank you. And now back to the 40-year-old boy. Yeah, I just need a guy big enough to hold my hair while we're moving. Just these piles of corkscrews. If there's a way you could just run your arm through it. I, I just picture... She wants me to, like, I would put it up in, like, a, a crazy big turban or something, and then I would move it. Because her hair was a completely separate entity. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Thanksgiving was fun. I had a good Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? How'd the hobo thing turn out? Was it good? Wonderful. Good. I'm glad. Were, were there any actual hobos who turned up? This is weird to talk to when you don't have a microphone. I'm sorry, everybody. That's not nice. I, I don't, uh, just, I, I'm curious because I was wondering. I, I haven't talked to Lily all week because I've been very busy. We've been both been very busy. She spends like two whole days doing, she's building a sleigh. I mean, look, she's very busy. <laughs> I wish that was a joke. Uh, I walked in, like literally I've been getting Twitters from her the past few days about a sleigh. <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, well, that's got to be some sort of euphemism for a sex chair she built. But uh, sure enough, I walk in and there's a fucking sleigh in the living room. And she's cleaned up her bedroom, I'll tell you that, after the near-death incident of last week. But yeah. in the living room there, I think she took everything out of here and made it into this sleigh because there's this, she's doing like a strip, uh, like a burlesque routine with the sleigh in it. And uh, well, what song will you be doing? The, well, sleigh bells ringing in. You should do that because then you can ring your, your nipple bells. I like this plan. Let it snow. Let it snow? Yeah, Okay. Let us know. All right, you, but you need the well. You but you'll wear bells in your nipples so you can make no, the I noise. Got big bells for the front of the sleigh. Well, like I said, you got big bells for the front of the sleigh. That's you, that's fine. I know you've got big bells. That's no secret. Uh, quit bragging about your big bells. All right, I'm not gonna help you move. I uh, <laughs> I don't care how big your bells are. I am not moving your shiver robe. Uh, I couldn't think of a thing to say. Like I, I was trying to think of like a, another piece of furniture, and I'm like, "Well, I already said Davenport. What else is funny?" And then she says, "What about busting up a shipper robe from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird?" I'm like, 
are okay, movie historian. I guess I could do that. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm now the Boo Radley of podcasts. I uh, <laughs> oh scout. I uh, man, it's a great movie and a great book. Books that make you cry are great. All right, um, that doesn't seem that seems stupid to say. Uh, I cried reading The Road. Jesus Christ, I can't wait to see that movie because that that book. I just sat there paralyzed. Uh, Scott Aukerman told me to read it, and and oh, I, I read it in two days. Good Christ, what a book! All right, uh, I'm a sap, sobbing reading a book. <laughs> so, and I'm putting my tear-stained copy on eBay signed. If anybody wants to go ahead and purchase it, yeah. Merry Christmas. Uh, it is the holidays. Thanksgiving was uh, it was good at my house um, f- for a while, and then it was bad. <laughs> Uh, look, folks, I don't think it's any, uh, secret that I'm a fucking, uh, mess. All right. I, I am, I am an upside down cake and, and we're, I'm, I'm, this is what happens on Thanksgiving. All right. Here's what I, what happened the last few years. I told you we had friends come over, but I, you know, I sleep, I have to sleep in because unfortunately, uh, the night before I'm up super, like I, my life has lived in reverse. When you are out doing the things that you're doing, please know that I am in bed. <laughs> And then uh, when you are in bed, dream of me doing what I'm doing because uh, I'm awake. I, again, I live life. Uh, that's why I'm an upside down kick. There you go. You know, that's more apt than I thought, that that little analogy. That works perfectly. I got pineapple on the bottom, folks, all day long. So uh, I'm, uh, yeah, that, didn't, that sounds awful. I'm sorry. Uh, but I do love pineapple. All right. So um, again, streamline the show for public consumption, idiot. Uh, I don't want the public to consume this. I just want you folks to like it. All right. Uh, you're not the public, all right? You're my public. That's who you are. Uh, we are one. You're a general public. That's who you are. <laughs> so I'm going to show you a little tenderness right now with the rest of this of this podcast. Uh, okay, Ranking Roger, where do we go from here? All right. So stop doing it. You know what? I'm just going to save that for later. I uh, <laughs> Come on, general public. Look at that, folks. Look at the fun we just had with general goddamn public. Oh, run away, run away. I will tell you about Thanksgiving now. I'm talking to avoid talking. Um, Thanksgiving was fun at my house, but I, I live my life in, in reverse. So then when I wake up, here's what happens Thanksgiving morning. I wake up in, uh, I'm sorry, here's what happens Thanksgiving afternoon. Um, I wake up and uh, oh, the house smells of food. It's so great. And uh, and then you wind up having your, uh, uh, you know, your dinner and uh, you know, I'm spending time with Karen. It's lovely. And uh, we had uh, we actually had a task that we had to accomplish this Thanksgiving weekend. We had to watch the entire season of Rescue Me because we had TiVo'd it. And once we got like three TiVo'd that we hadn't watched, we just kind of went, well, let's just keep TiVoing it because it's hard to start from the beginning. Eventually, we had 20 episodes of Rescue Me. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it was so much, so many episodes that the little TiVo guy's face was Dennis Leary's face like that. It would <laughs> pop up on the TiVo guy. And it would just be like, uh, I think you hear me knocking, and I think I'm coming in, and I'm going to press play, and you're going to watch all 20 hours of goddamn Rescue Me. That's what Dennis, that's what little Dennis Leary Tivo guy said. So uh, we were we were excited. I was excited. I was going to get up, and I was going to eat dinner right away. Uh, because I, I have a thing. All right. I like things to be taken care of, folks. And by things, I mean me. I like to be taken care of. We all do, I think. But I think uh, maybe me uh, in, a, in a hyper fashion, like I like... I, I want things a certain way, and I want them that way, and I, I can't be deterred. So uh, I wanted to get up and then have Thanksgiving dinner and watch the shows. Like, I just wanted to, I wanted to wake up into Thanksgiving. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to open the door, and there's Miles Standish, and there's Sacagawea, and there's a pie cooling on the, on the, the, you know, the windowsill, and then there's a turkey. I was all excited. 
So I wake up uh, Thanksgiving and I wake up a little early, like Christmas kind of. For, so early for me is like two o'clock. So I wake up at two o'clock and uh, I'm excited to open up my bedroom door and smell uh, Thanksgiving occurring. So I open up the bedroom door and uh, nothing. Just smells like Thursday. Disappointing. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That made me laugh. All right. Just smells like Thursday. That might be the name of the show. Uh smells like thursday uh literally nothing going on it's like there's no thanksgiving there's no hyperbole there's no uh, the thanksgiving tree has not been erected uh the underdog balloon is not up and inflated i don't know what's happening i wanted i was expecting a holiday when i opened the door i wanted to wake up out of a fitful sleep dreaming of uh sugar plums and yams and then walk out into the holiday so i look to my left and the table is set Okay, which is good. So I'm like, all right, well, the table's set, so at least that's that's good. Um, and I see Karen. She's like, oh, hi. And she's really sweet. I love my wife. And uh, she gives me a kiss, and I'm like, hey, what's happening? And uh, I don't I don't say anything because you can't you can't say anything, folks. You, you, you know this, right? <laughs> we all know that you can't say something to your wife or girlfriend like, uh, hey, uh, what the fuck? I mean, you can't. <laughs> that is generally not well received by people you love or who love you. When you look at them, they go, what the fuck? So I just figured, all right, well, there's a plan. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there's a plan. So I, I start, I'm like, hey, what's going on? She's like, nothing. I, you know, I, I, I watched some shows and erased them. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And we, we're going about our day, just puttering around. And um, I sit down, I check my emails. And uh, I, 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 the time is going by and Karen's just there. Like she's in the house and nothing's cooking. Like nothing's being done. There's no, uh, uh, and again, I, look, I, I fully get it. All right. I, my fucking ass isn't doing anything, all right? I haven't, I'm not proactive. I didn't go in and carve something or cook something or do anything because I think I made it very clear that's Karen's business. That's Karen's side of things because she doesn't even, you know, she usually doesn't want, I'll offer to help. I always offer to help. I do the dishes. I take out garbage. I do all those things, but I'll offer to help cooking and she'll be, because our kitchen is small. And she'll be like, nah, we're okay because inevitably I'm bumping into her and going, hey, did you really want to cut that celery that thick? Don't you want to cut it a little thinner than that? I mean, I'm, I'm awful. I'm an awful person. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm sitting there waiting for Thanksgiving to occur. I'm just waiting for it to uh, happen. And uh, the, the, the oven's not on, like nothing's being cooked or prepared. I mean, like I look over and she was making, she was making special recipes. Um, she, she watched uh, like, uh, about six months ago, we happened to watch, there's a guy named Tyler Florence on the food network and he'll have like Tyler's ultimate blah, blah, blah. And we watched it and he had an ultimate Thanksgiving. So he made a turkey breast and he made like cornbread stuffing with it. And then he made a, a homemade cranberry sauce and he, uh, he made, uh, oh, these, these mustard, grainy mustard mashed potatoes, whatever. So Karen's like, I'm going to make all that for Thanksgiving. I'm like, great. If that's what you want to do, that's cool. I'm for it. So when we went shopping the night before, we bought all the stuff for that. She had recipes. She had everything. And uh, she, well, here, all right, she didn't have her recipes. And this is what drives me fucking crazy. We went shopping on Tuesday night for Thanksgiving Thursday. And uh, she didn't bring the recipes with her. She brought a list of stuff. And I go, did you go over the recipes and make sure that you, you're, you've gotten everything that you need for the recipe she's like oh it's fine i'll remember it and i'm like oh my so that the entire shopping trip now i'm fucking bananas i because i need you know what bring how hard was it to grab them and bring them and then you get the little check mark right next to everything you needed and then we're done and i again that's just me micromanaging and trying to fucking control her i get that i understand that that's who i am and i'm trying to stop fucking being that guy but so we're shopping the whole time and i'm like all right do you do you need any like sage like i mean i don't know Because Thanksgiving smells and tastes like sage, so I'm sure we need sage, right, at some point? 
She's like, yeah, I could use some sage. All right. So I grab some sage. And then I'm like, do we need a rutabaga? What do we need? Anything. Tell me what you need for these recipes. And uh, we finally, we get the groceries. And then uh, on the way home, she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't get the frozen cranberries and I didn't get this. I'll have to get them tomorrow. Oh, fuck. All right, fine. I knew it. I knew you were going to forget something. But it's not her fault. They were out of frozen cranberries. But still, she didn't forget anything. I don't know. Again, it's just me. I'm fucking crazy. So I wake up and again, I'm in the house and I look and there's a, there's the cornbread on the, on the counter. It's uncrumbled. It's supposed to be crumbled into a stuffing. Uh, Everything's wrapped. Like everything's still wrapped. The turkey is still in the fridge. Now, mind you, we're not making a full turkey. All right. My wife is making a turkey breast this year because that's what Tyler did. He made a turkey breast and he wrapped it up, kind of rolled it up with the stuffing inside of it and seared the sides and then he bakes it. Uh, normally every year we make a whole turkey. So I think we all know that the production behind that, you got to get it up at five 30, you got to unwrap it. You have to pray that it's thawed. You have to poke your finger into it a hundred times to make sure that it's thawed. Then you make the stuffing and you stuff it, you put it in the oven and then it cooks for like 14 hours. And that's why the whole house smells like sage. And it's awesome. But this time, since she's doing this truncated recipe bullshit, I wake up and there's no Thanksgiving. It's all on the countertop. Thanksgiving is, is, it has not been assembled. There is some assembly required for Thanksgiving, folks, and I can tell you right now, assembly had not occurred. I just wake up to a bunch of fucking Thanksgiving parts. What the fuck is that? I want a fully assembled Thanksgiving that I can take out of the showroom and enjoy. But no, I got to deal with a fucking Thanksgiving puzzle. That's what I got. I got a goddamn Thanksgiving puzzle spread out with the directions pinned to the fridge because she certainly didn't fucking take them to the store to figure out what she needed to get. So the instructions for our, for assembly are on the fridge and everything else on the countertop. And I'm I'm getting a little antsy. I'm not going to lie to you folks because now it's like 3 o'clock, 3.15, and uh, I, I still don't have my Thanksgiving that I, I want and deserve, quite frankly. Uh, because, again, I'm a fucking mess. I, I know none of this is true, okay? This is firmly... You know, deep-seated childhood bullshit, abandonment, take care of me nonsense. And I get that. Okay. So finally, I'm sitting there, and uh, Karen's there, and she's just smoking. Like, I don't know what she's doing. But the table set, no Thanksgiving. And finally, I said, uh, hey, uh, do you plan on cooking anything today? Is that happening? Or... uh, uh Because I've, I've spent an hour and a half avoiding it. Okay? Like, just kind of gently being, you know, again, it's just Thursday. Smells like Thursday in my house. And uh, and she's just smoking or doing, she's reading or whatever she's doing. And, and I finally go, hey, are you planning on cooking something today? And she goes, yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. And here's the thing. My wife is, uh, uh, my wife is a champ, okay? Because she's put up with me and my fucking bullshit for, you know, almost 20 years now. And so she kind of knows how to handle it. She's got a whip. She's got a chair. She knows exactly when to pull them out. <laughs> But I and I and I know I shouldn't do this because, again, she's she's the best friend I have. But th- there's that there's things inside of you that you can't control sometimes. You, you just they just show up. Uh, I'm a guy who, like I said, I enjoy chaos. And sometimes it's of my own uh, creation. All right. <laughs> so she's like, uh, I'll get to it eventually. And I said, eventually, like when next fucking Thanksgiving, like I, I like I go from zero to 60 in a second because I because it's all coming out it's all all my childhood like I said I you know Thanksgiving to me is about family and about being together and the smells of the house and all that and the fact that it's not like it, all the specialness has been wrung out of this day by me I wanted to wake up and smell Thanksgiving where did it go why isn't it there and uh, and she goes well Michael it doesn't take that long and I go it doesn't take that long but you know what we planned on eating I, like I because she had asked me what I wanted to eat 
And I said, about 3 o'clock. Well, now it's 3.30. We haven't even started fucking cooking. And I said that. I go, look, you asked me when we wanted to eat. I said 3 o'clock. And now it's 3.30. You haven't even started cooking. She goes, it doesn't take that long. I go, what the fuck do you mean it doesn't take that long? You've got you've got four side dishes plus a turkey that you're supposed to cook and bake. You haven't even started preparing it. It's We're not even going to eat till fucking 7. That might as well just be dinner. That's not Thanksgiving. That's just fucking dinner. I And, and so uh, <laughs> there is no delineation between Thanksgiving and dinner. But I don't care. My crazy fucking brain thinks that there is. Because I wanted to wake up at 2, <sighs> smell parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, and then sit down and eat it. That's what I was looking for, for God's sakes. And I, I was assured, I was promised a Thanksgiving. Holy God, where did it go? So uh, I, I immediately just jump all over her. I mean, and she's just looking at me with these eyes like, dude, like, I'm that guy. I'm cliche guy is who I am. I'm cliche Thanksgiving fight with the family guy. And I don't, I've never wanted to be that guy. You know, I've had uneasy Thanksgivings in the past. One time I'm at, I'm at my fucking aunt's house. I told you, we always used to go to my aunt's house. Well, we go to my aunt's house and my mom, uh, I think I may have even mentioned this on here. If I have, I, I apologize. But one time, you know, there's like 15 people at my aunt's house and we're all getting food. And my mom is making sure everybody is fed. All the kids, everyone. I did talk about it. Okay, yeah. And so bottom line is my mom finally got her plate of food, went to sit down. And my Uncle Ray goes, hey, Pat, you look like you put on weight. And my mom stood up and went over and scraped every single ounce of food off of her plate in, where, into the appropriate chafing dishes and went downstairs. Like, she fucking, she aborted Thanksgiving at that point. So it's in me, okay? It's in me to fuck up Thanksgiving. I've just been able to fucking tamp it down underneath pounds and pounds of turkey all these fucking years. But now I just vomit anger all over Karen for no reason, no reason, other than the fact that I'm feeling disrespected and I'm I, I'm feeling like a child who didn't get what he wanted, so I fucking launch it at Karen. And she's just, she deals with it. She just sits there and I go, seriously, I go, fucking look, I, I go, you, you gotta make stuffing, you gotta make fucking broccoli, you gotta make a turkey, you gotta make all of this stuff, you gotta make fluff. And she's like, fluff takes a minute. I go, I don't care. The whole point is it's none of it's done. What the fuck? And uh, my wife <clears throat> goes over, gets her purse and leaves. <laughs> just left <laughs> and uh and it's funny she leaves the door closes and uh and i'm like all right well she just went out to cool off i'm sure she's just in the courtyard and eventually she's gonna come back in and cook my turkey right that's gonna happen so i can't wait uh and look i get it there's a recipe on the fridge if i want it so fucking bad i can fucking make it anytime i want I'm not I'm not uh, crippled or handicapped. I I know my way around the kitchen. I could very easily go in and start all this food. But instead, I'm just going to sit there in my fucking boxer briefs and my Spider-Man pants and just be like, "God damn it." So she's out there. I figure she's just cooling off. Nope. I hear the car start and she's off. <laughs> and uh and I literally hear cuz uh, she has a hybrid so you can't really hear it start uh until she drives away. Then it makes like a vroom noise and I just hear and then she and she's gone. And I literally, I'm sitting at my desk chair, which was, I told you I didn't want to be in my desk chair on Thanksgiving because that's so lonely. <laughs> I'm sitting there in my Spider-Man pants uh, alone now, and I just I just started laughing. I just went, ha, 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 stupid. Look what you did. Look what you fucking did. Because I, I very clearly know it's what I did. Again, folks, I, I can't help it. I can't help fucking... I, I can help it, all right? We all can help it. But it just it just shot out of me because I was so disappointed. No reason to be disappointed. It's just I wanted something at three and she was going to give it to me at six. But instead, I had all these preconceived notions from being a child of what I wanted. And when I didn't get them, I acted like that child. And uh, so I immediately ran to my Twitter account 
and uh, <laughs> I posted it there because it's 2009 and that's what you're supposed to do. And also because I, I made a big point last week about not Twittering ever. And then people wrote me and they said, well, you know, we follow you. We really wish you'd Twitter more because we follow you because it's funny. Like, you know, because I said last week that uh, uh, I, people follow me because they enjoy the silence of my Twitter. But I find out now that some people have written me and said that they want me to Twitter more. So I honestly thought of like Twittering something about this. So I wrote uh, something about uh, uh, I've just my wife just, uh, you know, I just unleashed an ang- anger on my wife in, a, in a, something firmly based in childhood issues. And she left. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Well, I can tell you folks that uh, a lot of you out there, and I'm probably not doing anything to alleviate this stereotype, you thought that my wife left me forever because you find me to be that kind of fuck up. You're all just, you're just waiting for tragedy to befall me, hoping that I will go ahead and talk about it on Wednesday night, Thursday day. And uh, and by the way, as you're listening to this, take a sniff around. It smells like Thursday, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, and so people wrote me saying, oh, my God, your Karen left left you? And people wrote it on my Facebook page or wrote me on email and also on Twitter. Like, so, uh, uh, There's a, a listener to the show who wrote me and he's like, hey, are you okay? Like literally like reaching out. And I got to tell you I, you, know, I know I connect with you guys on a more intimate level than a, than a television show does because I'm in your ears or I'm with you at work. And, and I do appreciate that. Thank you so much for reaching out. But at the same time, like I wrote to some people, I am not nearly pathetic enough <laughs> to Twitter that my wife has left me. And as I was typing it, I actually thought to myself, you know what, this is going to be weird. Like, this is going to make people think something bad. So I actually put Happy Thanksgiving at the end with an exclamation point, kind of to be like, you know, wink, you know, everything's fine, sort of. Uh, but no, no, people people sure fucking thought that she was gone, man. And uh, and like I said, very nice of you. Thank you. No, Nobody wrote me and said, serves you right, you prick. Nobody did that. Thank God. But everybody wrote out reaching out. and I. But it also made me sad because I thought that I would fucking Twitter that or put it on my Facebook page. Looks like my wife has left me, everyone. Wowsy, wowsy, woo, woo, period. No. Uh, and, I, you know, it's funny. I was telling Lily this, and I said, you know, and she goes, well, people are rooting for that for you. And I go, no, they're not rooting for bad things to happen. I said, they, you know, they maybe they like it when it happens or they like hearing about it, but it also probably makes them uncomfortable and weird. But at the same time, they reached out when they thought bad things had happened. So I, I received, a, a, you know, a ton of people writing. And so everything's fine, folks. I, I, I you know, I, I guess I sort of believe that. Maybe you are rooting for bad things to happen. Like, I... <laughs> But not all the way. Like, I, I think the only reason people don't want me to die is because I wouldn't be able to tell the story of how it happened. I mean, I think that's the only, you know, like maybe you're like me and you're rooting for chaos and you want me to die. But the only, you'd be like so disappointed that you missed out on my description of it. I, maybe that's, that's probably presuming too much. You don't like me that much, you know, but, uh, but I, I got to think, I got to figure that that's it. The only reason people don't want me to die is because I, I wouldn't be able to tell the story of how it happened. This is The 40-Year-Old Boy on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. We'll be back after these messages. Children love the Island of Misfit Toys. Here come some kids now. Hey, Mr. Man, you got G.I. Jerkoff? Yes. I want a wee spit. Uh, How about a turd puppet? Certainly. Do you have cinnamon eye drops? Well? You got fat baby fall down? I'm not... I want a what's in my turtle toolkit. Okay. I need befoul my unicorn. Sure, we... Do you have electric soap? Uh, yes, of course we do. Right here at the Island of Misfit Toys, the variety never ends, a subsidiary of MikeSchmidtComedy.com. So I realized that I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really wrap that up. I, <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> eventually, as I said in the house, seething and twittering, <laughs> Karen came back and uh, and and cooked a dinner that was delicious and everything was wonderful. Everything was fine. <laughs> so my uh, my incredible uh, hurricane of rage was for for naught. There was no reason to do it. Except for the fact that I didn't get to eat at three, I got to eat at six, and everything was delicious, man. It was like the turkey was perfect, and the stuffing, and everything was really good. But I, I, but that's me, man. I can't. I knew it would be. I mean, I knew she wasn't gonna not cook. It was just, I just, I, I want to be taken care of, and I, that's horrible. It's a horrible thing to say as a 42-year-old man. But it's like sometimes you just, you just wish. And it, and she does, you know. That's the thing. It's like you know, I'll go to bed on a Sunday and I wake up and all the laundry's done. Oh, great! It's like these the magical laundry elves showed up and they took care of everything. No, they didn't. It was my wife who works a full time job during the week and then on the weekend does fucking seven loads of laundry while I sleep. Oh, what the why? And so had, she had no reason to get. I, I'm an idiot. I know I'm an idiot. I can't leave well enough alone. Okay, I can't leave well enough alone. That's just uh, that's who I am. I I, I don't want to be that guy. I want to change it. I want to fix it. And I'm I'm sure I'll fix it someday, right? Yeah, sure me. Write me an email. Tell me I'll fix it. No, don't, don't write me an email, idiot soliciting that. <laughs> oh, terrible. Oh. But you were all nice enough to write and see and make sure that everything was okay. And yes, everything is okay. Everything turned out to be fine. We watched all the rescue me's. We finally finished them last night. And uh, I must say that it was worth watching. I will tell you, watching twenty in a row. You start to see, you know, holes and plot points that kind of disappear when they shouldn't. You're like, where did that go? Why did that disappear? Uh, but, uh, you know, but still brilliant and a great ending. So we loved it. So there you go. I, I love it. I think, uh, you know, I would call it top five shows on television I, I, and certainly top five acting ensembles, because I'll tell you what, the ping pong that those guys do and the way they're able to finish each other's sentences and kind of just be so quick on the draw. It's it looks like it's all really happening. It looks like improv. And, and I don't know how they do it, but they do it really well. It's amazing. Um, all of those guys, because they're all real actors. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, you know, I can talk out of my ass like this. But I mean, if I got into a scene with guys, I'd be up. Oh, what? I mean, I wouldn't know what the fuck to say. I need lessons. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's what I need. I need lessons, not just in acting, but in life. Uh, but yeah, you guys, uh, I, I, you wrote me and everything's fine. Everything's okay. Thank you for your writing and stuff. I, I will tell you this as well. I've received a lot of other emails about something else. <clears throat> um, last week, uh, I went ahead and put up on, uh, on Facebook, uh, my segment from the Jimmy Pardo roast, which, uh, went up, uh, uh last Thursday. Yeah, it was, it was, no, it was Wednesday night. Yeah. It was out in time with the podcast. I didn't know if I was going to put it up. Uh, so I didn't talk about it on last week's show, but, uh, I, I was never going to put it up. I'll tell you this. Um, you know, we did the Jimmy Pardo, uh, is uh, a friend, uh, who I used to do a show called never not funny with. And, uh, he's a, uh, a, a brilliant comic, amazing guy. So we were great friends. And in 2004, when he was getting married, uh, instead of having a bachelor party, he wanted to have a roast. Like he wanted to uh, have his friends come up and roast him, and so uh, it got put together. Um, there was a, it was done at the M Bar here in Los Angeles, and uh, it was a, it was one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life because it was uh, it was all of my friends. It was everybody I knew. It was Graham Elwood and Pete Schwab, Paul Gilmartin, Pat Francis, uh, you know Scott Ackerman and B J Porter were there, uh, uh, Jimmy Dore, uh, just all of uh, Mike Siegel. All of our guys from Chicago, guys that, you know, and, and other guys who had, we've, we'd since met were, you know, all friends of Jimmy, and we got to roast him. It was amazing. Probably the best night I've had as a comic in Los Angeles. And uh, then we were given DVD copies of the roast, which was fantastic, and, uh, and I had it at the house. And uh, I never looked at it. 
<laughs> I never watched the DVD. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because the night I did the, the show, uh, all I can remember from that night, other than it being an amazing time and seeing all my friends and having a, uh, just a, it was so fun, uh, was the fact that I messed up a joke. Uh, I know, like in my head, I was like, that's all I came away with that night. I left, uh, knowing that I had fucked up a joke and I was so angry at myself that I had fucking blown everything by ruining this joke, by, by stepping on a joke. And I I was so fucking mad at myself for it. So recently Pat Francis, uh, a good friend of mine started a website and in that, on that website, he posted his segment of the roast. Like I didn't even, like I never even thought about it. People started to write me and they said, uh, uh, you know, Pat put up his segment of the roast. Are you going to put up your segment of the roast? Well, no, (laughs) because uh, it was awful because I know, I know I fucked up that joke. So it's like, there's no way I'm putting it up. So I would always be nice. I I mean, I I received a lot of emails about it. So I would write people back and I go, nah, you know what? Um, Good for Pat because he was fucking hysterical that night. And, uh, and so I'm glad he gets to show people that how great he was, but I, I just, I always go, ah, I don't think I'm going to put it up. You know what I mean? I go, ah, I got it. It's laying around here somewhere. I don't know. You know I, I, I did everything I could, uh, but say no, cause I don't want to tell people no. Cause I fucked up a joke. The last thing I want to do is fucking, you know, cause I, uh, I never even watched it. Like I never even, <laughs> it happened in 2004. It's five years later. I've never, because I know I have that horrible set where I fucked up a joke right in the middle of it. I, I just, I don't even remember any of it. Except for that. So uh, I got a ton of people writing me. And then finally, a, a listener, um, a guy named Michael, I won't give his full name, Mike, uh, he wrote me and he's like, uh, you know what? I, I saw Pat's segment. He goes, man, I would love to see your segment. He goes, I would pay to see it. He goes, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I can't imagine how great it was. And I wrote him back the same thing. Look, you know, Pat's fantastic and I don't think I'm ever going to put it up, but thanks so much. And he wrote me back and he's like, well, I just want to reiterate, dude, I would actually pay to see it. Like, I can't imagine how brilliant it is. So that appealed to my narcissistic side. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, maybe I should uh, take a look because maybe I could just, you know, edit out and maybe put up a minute of it because, uh, you know, the actual clip is ruined by that horrible joke that I fucked up. Uh, But I'll I'll give it a spin. So it was literally like three in the morning. Uh, in my house when I read that email and I'm, I got up and I started to unpack boxes. I started looking around for this uh, DVD and finally I pull it out, Pardo Roast. I'm like, all right. So I throw it in and, uh, I was just going to fast forward to my segment of it, but I will tell you that I couldn't because of the fucking brilliance of everybody that's involved. I mean, I, I watched Siegel uh, open it up and, and I, I saw, I mean, I just watched everybody be fantastic. Our friend Tony Boswell flew in from uh, Chicago to do it. Um, you know, Graham is fucking great. Paul Gilmartin is, you know, do yourself a favor, go see Paul Gilmartin. If he's going to do stand up somewhere, or if you can find him online, he is, he is one of the best writers and certainly one of the funniest comics I've ever known and, and a good friend too, which is great. But, but man, dude, watching him on that roast, I was fucking howling. He was so great. Pat was great. Everybody was great. So then, uh, I, I had even forgotten that I was last. So, uh, you know, I, after watching, you know, two and a half hours of it, we get to the end and, and Mike Siegel brings me up and it's fat Mike, by the way, I will tell you that this is uh, a year before I had the surgery. So this is, this is probably 450 pound Mike heading for 510 pound Mike, uh, get, but I get up to the podium and I, I will tell you this, um, uh, I, I watched the set 
and uh, it was fucking fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you folks. Uh, look, I, you know, I don't have enough people tooting my horn, so I'm going to do it for myself. It was fucking unbelievably great. And I'm watching in my house laughing, and I'm like, oh, man. And uh, I, I had forgotten all of the good. I had forgotten any I that one scintilla of good was in my head. All I remembered was the joke that I fucked up. And sure enough, when I deliver it on the DVD, um, you can see that, that I, I flinch. Like I, I, even though I'm killing up to that point, it's weird. I'm killing like for six minutes. And then I say that joke and you can just see how much it, it harms me. And it, it, it it's just, it's it's weird to watch because the rest of the set is great but yeah that that is to me a glaring gigantic fuck up okay to me that is the huge uh it's like the scene in the monty python sketch where the guy complains about the 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 dirty fork and then everybody winds up killing themselves in the restaurant (laughs) the manager and then cleese comes out he's like you bastards and and they're just one guy stabs himself with the fork uh because that's what i could think of all i could think of was the dirty fork in my table setting of my of my set. And uh, but the rest of it is fucking brilliant. I was so happy to have rewatched it. I want to thank everybody for writing me because I never would have watched it. I, it uh, that's how weird in, in my head I am. Uh, but I will also tell you that it it, uh, it made me uncomfortable to watch. And here's why. OK, <laughs> because it's funny if you watch it I'm this crazy. I'm a. Uh, when you watch the set, all right, uh, I, there's two, two big reasons why it made me uncomfortable. Uh, I'll deal with the silly one first uh, to explain something to you. If you watch this clip, and I will tell you this, uh, it was on my Facebook page. Uh, as of now, though, it will also be on YouTube because I've found out there are people uh, who've written me who don't uh, use Facebook. So <clears throat> unbelievable in this day and age, I, and I respect them for it. I think that's fucking great. I will tell you, I was going to put it on my website, uh, but my webmaster, uh, uh, <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, uh, my webmaster is apparently in the catacombs playing a live Dungeons and Dragons. That's dumb. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's busy, and I wrote him, and he never wrote me back. I wasn't able to get a hold of him because there's a few things on my website I need fixed, and uh, I'll get him. But uh, it was I wanted it on my website because I wanted people to be able to watch it there, too. But instead, I also wanted it on Facebook for the first week because uh, because, you know, people that are friends whatever part of the show and also the 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 fan club of the show is on there the uh, the Westside 86 jokers who have been really supportive and cool so i wanted it on facebook for a week first and now i will put it in youtube uh this week as well so it'll be out there for anybody who wishes to watch it i hope you want to see it that would be great because again i I don't know if you've heard the past four minutes it's fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) like i want to quote i want to quote jokes from it now because of how fucking great they were uh, cause I'm, uh, again, I'm that much of a narcissist and watching it made me sad, uh, for, well, also this ridiculous reason, because I haven't done stand up in so long and it made me want to do it again. It made me want to go and, and, and be funny in front of people again, instead of in front of Lily, who's very nice <laughs> and certainly does yeoman's work in her laughing, makes it sound like there's a crowd. She, she laughs like 10 men, uh, <laughs> but I need to go play for 10 actual men. I need, that's what I need to do. I need to do an actual set for 10 actual men. Uh, all right. So, but she's been very kind in, 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 in indulging me and that's nice, but uh, it, it made me uncomfortable to watch because if you watch the clip, I want you to watch every time I deliver a joke because I will deliver a joke and then I will deliver the punchline and thankfully it will get a huge laugh. And then I will do this thing where I will lean backwards and laugh. Okay. When you watch it in the clip, 
I look like Boss Hog. Like the most <laughs> embarrassing, check me out, how great was that joke? Gotta lean back and bask in the applause and smile and laugh. It's it's horrible because it looks so arrogant because after every joke I deliver a line and then I lean back as people laugh, I'm like and almost like I'm going, Yeah, I'm great. Okay. Uncomfortable to watch because I will tell you people the reason I'm doing that is because I am in constant pain at that weight. All right. Standing up and doing stand up at 500 pounds, even standing for 15 minutes is a chore. So if you don't believe me, go get two of your 200 pound buddies and have them jump on you. Uh, which would be weird because it would mean you weighed 100 pounds. That seems strange. That math didn't work at all. Uh, who am I talking to? Young ladies? Spinners? All you spinners out there, get a couple of dudes to jump on your shoulders and then do a 15-minute stand-up set and try not to pour sweat all over yourself and make sure your back doesn't fucking explode. All the discs in my back, literally, if the sound was any better, the, you would have heard all the discs just creaking and waiting to go because every time I would do stand-up, I, I was always risking injury. So... When you watch it, I look like an arrogant asshole who's basking in his glory, but in reality, I'm trying to straighten my back out every time I lean back because I'm in constant pain the whole time. So I want you to realize that that made it uncomfortable to watch. Even I was going, you asshole, why are you doing that? I know why I'm doing it because, again, I could barely fucking stand. Watch me when I make my way back to my seat. Like, I'm just, like, kind of meandering and Graham goes to shake my hand and I'm tottering the entire dais as at risk of being destroyed at any moment. Like, I'm ready to hit the fucking ground. Uh, so then that was really uncomfortable to watch the whole set. And also, I'm waiting for that one blown joke in it. And then when it shows up, I'm like, ah, it wasn't so bad. But that's who I am as a person. I'm the kind of guy who, when this show is over, when I leave, I tell Lily, make it funny. <laughs> I want her to do what she can to make the show funny. Because I, 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 I'm a fucking I'm a mess. I, I get that, all right? And I, but I'm not that much of a mess. I'm torn between being incredibly self-deprecating and incredibly fucking confident. I don't know how to explain it. I, I either, I mean, I really love me, but Jesus, do I fucking hate me. And, and it's just a weird thing to be. Like, I think I'm great, but I also can't understand why anybody else would care. I, I don't... That's who I am as a person, and 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 in addition to not being able to leave, leave well enough alone, so, uh, so that made me really uncomfortable to watch. But I, I will also tell you this: that made me uncomfortable is um, if you if you watch in the very beginning of it, when Mike Siegel brings me on stage. All right, I, I told you I used to do Never Not Funny with Jimmy, and 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 we were great friends. And uh, if you watch this clip, you can see why we're not friends anymore. <laughs> You can watch the first five seconds that I'm at the dais. Watch the interaction between me and Jimmy. Now, and this is this is before Never Not Funny. This is before. This is a good two years, maybe three years before our friendship fucking, but before everything went south. Okay, but if you watch it, you can clearly see why. Because I get to the dais and. I look down at Jimmy. He's there. He's just, he's writing. This is his night. It's his night. And I'm so uncomfortable in my own skin that when I, I get to the dais, and I, but I meant it as a joke. I truly meant it as a joke, but it comes off. I can see where I come off like I'm attacking. Like, and I wasn't. I, I wasn't, but my size coupled with the, the, the way I say things tends to rub people the wrong way, I suppose. And I get to the dais and I look at Jimmy and he goes to write something down and I go, what are you writing? Like it wasn't even, 
There was no fun in what I said. It's because I was so nervous about going up and going last and following everybody. I lashed out. I know I did. I didn't mean to, but that's that's where I was at. So I go, what are you writing? And he goes, nothing. Like, and he completely, like, nothing, puts the pen down. And I go, uh-huh. Like, it's this weird, who's this asshole who just showed up? I can't, I'm so sick when I see it because I see what I am and, and what I used to be. But I guess what I still am to a certain extent. And I don't want to be that. I don't, it was brutal. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It was brutal. Uh, I mean, you know, there. I, I can tell you folks, it's no fun being confronted with who you are. I can tell you that. And and I've been confronted with that many times. I mean, Christ, when, when I was still on Never Not Funny, Jimmy and I, uh, we had I've lost track of how many meetings we had where he had to basically sit down with me over tacos and go, dude, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I, I but I owned it. I own everything that I did. I, I was, you know, with with, with Jim, I was uh, uh, I was a fucking vampire. OK, I'm not going to lie to you folks. I, I, I would uh, the, the only reason some of you are listening to me is because of Jimmy. The only reason people know who I am is because of Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, he went out of his way to do tons. I, I mean, as much as he possibly could. He tried to get me in with his agent twice. He tried to get me. He took me on the road with him and got me into clubs that I never would have gotten into unless uh, if it wasn't for Jimmy. Uh, and and I took all of that for granted, all of it. I wanted more and more and more and more. There, there's an example that's funny. I told Jimmy once. Uh, I. After everything blew up, uh, you know, we exchanged some emails and, and I took I, I sent him a long email apologizing for for <laughs> who I am. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks, that is a tough email to write when you have to write somebody and go, sorry, I'm me. I mean, when especially when that person has done everything that they could to try to understand who you were and help you. And all you've done is collected that help with a smile on your face and asked for more help. Don't do that, folks. Don't be that guy. I can tell you that guy's not very comfortable. But there was a specific incident that I remember was, and I told Jimmy in the email, um, Jimmy got to go to England, and he got to do stand-up in England. Uh, and he went and he re- re- uh, did a show called The World Stands Up, and he fucking crushed it. I didn't get to see it, but he came back from England. He was so happy. Like, he, he just, because it could not have gone any better. And I was, you know, so proud of him, uh, because then, as, as now, above all, I root for Jimmy, okay? I root for him because he is still the most talented, the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. And, and just, uh, I was so excited for him to get England, and uh, and I said to him, I go, hey, are you going to wind up playing over in England? And uh, he's like, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, the show went really well, and there were some people over there who had interest in him, and they liked him. And I was like, dude, I would love to go to England. Well, uh, who the fuck said anything about you, pal? I, I mean... <laughs> Why the fuck are you going to England? Uh, he went there. He killed. He's going to go back to England. That doesn't mean that he can fucking bring you. He didn't He didn't go overseas and lay the groundwork and kill so he could bring Mike Schmidt over to be exposed to the masses in England. But that's who I was, man. I was, I was, I always wanted more. Like, I was never satisfied, and I was constantly, he was like my bulldozer, and it was so stupid. It was so stupid, and I see how stupid it was. And so I, I, I owned it, man. I took uh, complete ownership of it and, and, and apologized uh, uh, to him. And then, uh, you know, 
after the fact, because <laughs> when, when he would tell me stuff, I would go, uh, well, I, dude, I don't, uh, I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, and then I, uh, after everything hit the fan and, and went to hell, uh, then I kind of saw it. <laughs> Doesn't mean I did anything about it. <laughs> As I'm sure many of you well know and can attest to, but I certainly saw it for what it was. And I can understand why uh, he might have been tired of dealing with that, because quite frankly, he has a kid. You know what I mean? It's like he doesn't need another one. So, uh, uh, but, you know, all that being said, uh, you know, I didn't fuck this thing up on my own. All right. Let's, uh, I, don't want, I don't want that to be the case. I don't want it to turn out where it's like, oh, did you hear about Schmidt? He owned everything. Well, OK, I'll own what I own and I'll give back what I rented. All right. So, uh. So that happened. So unfortunately, uh, I was no longer involved with uh, Never Not Funny, and then I was asked to move along, and that was fine because uh, we were still uh, friends, and everything was still okay. But uh, I get letters all the time from people asking me, they're like, "Dude, you know, when are you going to be back on Never Not Funny? When are you going to go on Never Not Funny? Shouldn't you be on Never Not Funny? What's happening with Never Not Funny?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Go to iTunes and look in the top five podcasts, and you'll find them, and listen to their show because I understand it's fantastic." But I can tell you that I don't know what's going on over there because I have not been involved in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I haven't even listened to the show, quite frankly, since the show where they said goodbye to me. Um, they, they, and uh, they offered me to, to come on that show and then deal with it on the air. And, uh, of course, I'm a petulant child, and I'm like, you deal with it, man. You deal with that shitstorm. There's no shitstorm. They had an uncomfortable hour where they talked about why I was gone, and then they moved on and became famous. And uh, I took a year off because I was fucking crazy. And then, uh, thankfully, Eric Butterfield called me and said, hey, I'll come to your house and do everything. Done. Look, I got a new Jimmy Pardo. That's what I got, a new bulldozer. Eric Butterfield's my new bulldozer. He'll lead me to fame and fortune, right? Won't you, Eric? You own a microphone. Help me out, goddammit. <laughs> Awful. Uh, and then we have the show that we have now, which we're in uh, presently year two, episode 38, heading for uh, episode 52 and then the end. Uh, is this 38? 37. Damn it, I've got fucking... Oh, I can't believe I've got 15 more to do. All right. <laughs> so people write me all the time. They're like, dude, when are you going to be on Never Not Funny? When are you going to be on Never Not Funny? And, uh, well, I, I don't know. So then last week, Never Not Funny... Did a uh, they had scheduled a nine hour live podcast for charity? They were going to raise money for a, a thing called Smile Train, and uh, by the way, go donate to Smile Train. They're a wonderful cause. They're uh, they're trying to help people uh, uh, fix their mouths. I guess you know what? Where, where's my money, Smile Train? What the fuck? You know, all I've done is fucked up my teeth, and I've talked about it. I I use Listerine now, and it burns. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Like, my medicine from the dentist is gone. That was nice, a cool, minty rinse. I put Listerine in my mouth. It's like, I might as well be in Pogo Pogo wearing a grass skirt, swallowing fire for people who paid me. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. What the fuck's in Listerine? Fire? It's, it's flame. Literally, there's flame in Listerine. All right. So, I, I, every, twice a day now, I'm a fucking dragon, thanks to Listerine. So, so cut me a check, Smile Train. So, uh, so anyway, they wanted to, they wanted to do a show raising money for charity. So last week, uh, you know, I get periodically, I get like one letter a week or, you know, uh, people writing me when I'm, if I'm going to be on Never Not Funny. Last week, I got a ton, like a, a bunch of people writing me going, dude, are you going to be on the nine hour show? Are you going to be on? Are you going to be in this show? Is What's going to happen? And, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I have not, they've not asked me to come back, uh, because they moved on folks never not funny has moved on from the presence of mike schmidt and right and and good for them you know they're doing well they're very successful uh i will say it took the entire los angeles comedy community to fucking fill my chair but other than that it's uh 
No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. It's a joke. It's Matt and, and fucking Jimmy are the crux, and, and they have a rotating third. My buddy Pat France is on all the time. I'm kidding. All right, so. Uh, uh, boy, you can't imagine why the guy told, cut me loose. All right, so. I will tell you that last week all these people started to write me. So I went out to lunch with Pat. I was at lunch with Pat, and I said to him, I go, you guys are doing this nine-hour thing? And he's like, yeah. And I said, dude, I'm just going to show up. He goes, what? I go, dude, how fucking great would that be? It'd be like total Martin and Lewis. Like, nobody sees it coming. I just walk in the door, and I had these grandiose ideas of, like, people going crazy. And, you know, oh, my God, look, it's Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They're back together at last, finally. And uh, and I, I said it to Pat, and Pat's just like, ha, ha, ha. And then it's like complete silence, like nothing at all. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't even want to. Uh, because, you know why? Because he knows that I'm fucking stupid, and I would do something like that. But I would never do anything like that. That's retarded. It makes no sense. And I said to him, I go, dude, I'll come in and do a song. It'll be great. Me and Jimmy will do a song, and I'll split. <laughs> and he's like, this is my favorite. This is why I love Pat. Pat is the funniest guy in the world. So it's literally, I say, you know, it's uncomfortable. And I say, I, I would come in and do a song, and there's like a beat, and I take a bite of my sandwich. And he goes, what song would you do? <laughs> awesome. Just an awesome, the delivery, you had to be there because it was so fucking spot on and perfect. What song would you do? And I said, oh, dude, I don't know. I said, you know what? What if we did that uh, wherever we go, whatever we do, we're going to do things together because it's like completely ironic and wrong and it would make no sense. <laughs> wherever I go, I know he goes. Yeah, right. All right. So uh, and then we finished our lunch and we never spoke of it again. So all week I started to get emails from people. And, uh, and then I put up the segment of the Pardo Roast. So that, for some reason, made people think that it was like a hint that I was going to be at the nine hour podcast. And so then I really got people writing me and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe you finally put this up. This is great. Uh, a lot of people commented on there, but also people wrote me uh, in Facebook and they were like, does this mean you're going to be at the part of thing? Is everything cool? I mean, are you coming back? Is this like a little, like a harbinger? And I'm like, no, I, you know, I was, I was nice, but I was like, no, I don't think that's happening. They have their show. I have my show. And, and it's what I've said all along. You know, they have their show. I have my show, but quite frankly, in the pit of my stomach, I, again, I'm the ex-girlfriend. I, I'm the one. I'm, I'm a psychopath, folks. So I, I've been for three years. I won't lie to you. I've been wondering when that phone was going to ring and Jimmy was going to go, you know what, dude? Water under the bridge. Come on. Let's promote your show. You come on my show. That'll be great. Uh, when in reality, again, they've moved on, folks. They have no interest in doing that. They don't want to have me on. I get that. But part of me also feels I don't understand why. I like in my head. I'm like, oh, it would be so perfect. How great would it be? Yes, it would be perfect for me. Again, this is me wanting to go to England with Jimmy. Do you understand? <laughs> Jimmy got England and he fucking planted his flag and everybody loves Jimmy Pardo. And now I'm gonna fucking gravy train that and go over there and try to do what I can. Well, that's the thing with Never Not Funny. They're bigger than ever. Certainly bigger than they were when I was there. And now I'm just thinking, fuck, how great would it be to go on there? Because I, you know, above all, I love talking to my friends. You know what I mean? It's like it would be fun to be on with Pat and Jimmy and I, I, I it would be fucking fantastic. So I'm, again, I'm that ex-boyfriend who's just, who can't get over it. I can't get over it. I can't let it go in my brain. I've let it go. But then in the middle of the night, in the dark recesses of my mind, when I get a fucking email from somebody, I just go, ah, oh, fuck. It's like when Michael sent me the email about the Pardo Roast. Finally, I went, you know what? Fuck, I'll look for it. Four in the morning, I've been sitting there and people will write me and I'll go, hey, you know, part of me wants to just type out, I don't fucking know why I've been on that show. I was great on that show. <laughs> but I can't type that. That's retarded. So I'll just, I, I always say what I always say. They, they have their show. I have my show. And again, we're all very happy. Everything's going well for everybody. That's great. <clears throat> so... Last week, the nine-hour podcast arrives. It was on Friday. And uh, 
Friday night, I was online because that's usually when I go. I'll go online late Friday night, like around you know eleven o'clock. After Karen goes to bed, I go online, and uh, I had like six emails from people, and all of and they were all like, "Dude, uh, they can't stop talking about you at the Pardo." Uh, there were, I guess, there was a, a live broadcast of the par, of the podcast. It was also on TV. It was on uh, the computer, and there was a chat room. And I guess in the chat room, people were asking uh, if I was going to be on. And uh, Pat made it very clear to them that I was not going to be on. <laughs> but it didn't stop them, I guess, from asking. And it didn't stop them from emailing me. So I had people emailing me asking me if I was going to be on. And then uh, someone posted on my page, like on my profile page, dude, they keep talking about you at the podcast chat room. Now, I haven't heard the show since I left. Uh, I listened to the show after I left when it was just Jimmy and Matt making the best of a weird situation. And I have not heard it since. Mainly because I don't want to pay to subscribe. <laughs> I feel I feel if I've earned anything, I've earned a free subscription to this show. But, God, I, again, I won't even be my mom's friend on Facebook, so I think you people know where the fuck I'm coming from with my crazy fucking head. So I'm sitting at my computer, and I go, you know what, fucking, if people, I, go check it out. So I did. I went and I, I pulled it up and I turned it on and uh, and I watched it. It was uh, a live broadcast and in the chat room, people were saying, where's Schmitty? Like they kept talking about me and, and I watched Paul Gilmartin. Paul Gilmartin came on and it made me sad because, you know, uh, I love Paul and I, I, I did shows with Paul and Jimmy and, and it's so fun. Again, I have chemistry with Jimmy Pardo like nobody else I've ever had in my life. Jimmy Pardo was there for me, like when my marriage broke up. Unfortunately, I was, you know, making Jimmy go to fucking El Torito as I cried in my fajitas, and he was like, "Dude, I, you know, you'll be fine." I, he was, he was there. He was that guy, and uh, and and that's gone away, which is sad, you know. And as another thing that made me mad, watching the roast tape at the end, it's so funny. I'm like, I hope they'll be happy forever, uh, married forever, and be my friends forever. And uh, and it, there's a great moment there, too, because then I hug Jimmy. And as I walk away, he has to wipe this incredible oil slick of sweat off of his face <laughs> because my 500 pound carcass can't stop dripping. I'm just sitting there self basting. And uh, and to see me say that was, uh, you know, I guess I just miss my friend, uh, you know, to go Shawshank on you. But uh, uh, so I, I watch it and I see Paul talking and I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the show progress and. Then they put on uh, some other people, and then and Jordan Morris goes on, and uh, and then Jimmy Dore goes on, and uh, and people, you know, in the chat room, and finally at four in the morning, which is when you make your best decisions, folks. Four o'clock in the morning is always when you can be counted on to make a clear-headed, <laughs> rational decision. I decided I was going down there because it's not far from where I live. I knew exactly where they were, so. Uh, I gathered up everything I could, dreams of Martin and Lewis in my head, and I grabbed my coat and I got in my car, four in the morning, and I went down to the studio, <clears throat> and I, I get down there, and uh, I I also, I wanted to be, like I said, I had, 10% uh, of me wanted to go because I just wanted to hang out. I wanted to hang out with my friends because I don't I don't do that ever anymore you know i just don't so i really wanted to go and do that uh but i will admit 90 percent of me wanted the fucking martin and lewis moment 90 percent of me <laughs> wanted to be acknowledged that's what i wanted and again that's unfortunately my pathology but i craved it i wanted attention i wanted something i don't know what i wanted uh, yeah fuck that i know what i wanted i wanted love i wanted people to r remember 
You know what I mean? I wanted people to go, fuck yeah, oh my God, he's here. Remember when he was on, it was great. And I, I wanted to experience that one more time. I really wanted it to happen. Uh, so I got in my car and I fucking drove down there. Again, uh, not thinking, because uh, it was a dick move. All right, I, I fully acknowledge that it was a dick move. Um, but we're friends. I mean, I'm friends with them. They're friends with me. It's not a problem. You know what I mean? I'll show up and, uh, and you, let's put it this way. In my head, I'm convinced myself. I'm like, even if I just hung out, that would be cool because then still the people that were there, the live audience would be like, Oh, you know, I would still get that adulation kind of, and, and that would get a little rub from that. It would, it would be fun. It wouldn't be as fun as doing the show, but, uh, but granted that's only 10% of me, 90% of me thought it, I'm going to walk in and be a conquering fucking hero. And it's going to be great. Cause again, folks, I'm fucking crazy. So, uh, I go down, I park my car, and I also, here's how bad it is. I park the car, and there's a couple people I can see them, like, up by the studio. I wait in my car and crouch down because I don't want to be seen. That's, I think it's going to be such a big deal when I show up. I don't want anybody to know about it. I'm excited. Uh, so they go in, and then I walk, and I go upstairs, and I walk over to the door. Uh, and st- by the time I get there, again, they're on with door when I'm at my house. It takes five minutes to get to where they are. I walk in, they're still on with Jimmy Dore. And uh, I I also told myself, I'm not just going to walk in when a guest is on, because that's a fucking asshole move. Because you know what? It's that guest's time. And also, let's face it, the reunion of Mike Schmidt with Never Not Funny is going to be larger than anything that happens. So I certainly don't want to cast a pall or step on anybody else. So you know what? I'll lay in the back, I'll lay in the shadows until the time's appropriate, and then guess what? Everyone's going to love me again. And uh, I walk in. And I open the door, and uh, the way it works is there's a hallway, so I can see right into the studio where they're recording. As I walk in, Pat sees me, and I and uh, Jimmy Pardo also turns his head because you can feel the breeze of the door opening. And I just put my hand up and I wave, and Pat kind of nods, and Jimmy just turns around, and because uh, they're on the air, they're still broadcasting with door, and immediately, Jimmy writes a note. He leans forward and he's and he writes a note and he hands it to Matt Belknap. And I know that he just wrote Schmitz here. I know he did. Okay. Uh so I I then I see Dan Kaufman, who's a, a very funny comedian from Chicago, and he's actually gonna go on next. And he goes, Hey, what's going on? And I go, What's up? And I, I shake his hand, and now he lives in LA. If you get a chance to see Dan, he's very funny. And uh and we talk and and he I go, When are you on? He goes, I'm on uh, after you. I go, what do you mean after me? He goes, well, you're on next, right? And I go, I don't know. Did they tell you I was on next? He goes, maybe I just heard somebody else talking about it. I think I'm next, and then you're after me. <laughs> so now, again, folks, I, I have no idea what's happening. I I guess they just anticipated my arrival or something. I don't. So that just seems fucking weird. Like, what if I hadn't come down? Oh, now now I'm, I'm more confident than ever that I've made the right decision. So, uh. Also, there was a guy named David, who's uh, uh, one of the hosts of the Battleship Retention uh, podcast, uh, hosted by Tyler and David. David is there, and he, he says, are you going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Not that girlishly eager. I don't want to betray David here, but he's just like, are you going on? I said, uh, I just came to hang out. And uh, I said that to Dan, too. I said, no, I just came to hang out because I don't want to let my nefarious plan let, be known to people who don't know me. I can't let that out. <laughs> I can't let them think that, you know, I, I need to let them know that the 10% of me who just came to support his friends and hang out. I don't want them to know the 90% fucking glory hog of me who's praying someone recognizes me and goes, Mike Schmidt is here. I mean, I, I, you know, I have to go ahead and scale back. So I said, no, I'm just here to hang out. So uh, I'm in the hallway. I start talking to Dan and, uh, and Jimmy Pardo goes, hey, keep it down in the hallway. 
because we were being very loud. I I didn't think we were being that loud, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. They're doing a fucking live show. And the thing is, they don't wear headsets. That's another thing, too, is I wear a headset when I do the show, so a fucking bomb could go off. And I, <laughs> Bullshit. Well, hold on. That's a lie. I've heard how much <laughs> stuff outside the window and referenced it. That's a lie. But, uh, but the bottom line is, if I didn't have my headset on, I'd hear every fucking thing, and I'd want to re-record everything. So, uh, you know, the fact that we were in Whispering the Hallway, fucking, you know, they got four people trying to record. I'm an asshole. I shouldn't talk. And again... I don't want to talk because I don't want to tip the fact that I'm there. I'm trying to, it's a delicate balance. So Dan and I go in the green room and I talk to Dan for a little bit and, uh, and then we go back out in the hallway and, uh, as I'm standing there, Pat comes out while they're recording, but Pat walks out into the hallway and he comes up to me and, uh, he goes, they're not going to put you on, man. And I go, oh, it's fine. I just came to hang out. Uh, when in reality, we all know that I didn't just come to hang out because again, folks, I'm, I'm, I, I showed up to kick a hornet's nest. That's what I fucking showed up to do. <laughs> 10% of me wants to be friends with everybody, but the other 90% of me, again, I wanted, I wanted, I like chaos. And sometimes I don't <laughs> mind if I fucking bring it myself. And I just felt that it was time to deal with a situation when, quite frankly, this situation has been dealt with. I realize that. They are past it. They've got, I'm dealing with the situation for my own fucking tiny brain. They're fine. They've got a show. They moved on. They want nothing to do with me. And that's the way it is. But stupid me, I'm clinging to the notion that somehow, eventually, someday, everything will be fine again. And uh, it's not. It's not fine. And it's stupid that I would think that it wouldn't be. So, uh, so I show up thinking I'm going to, you know, I'm there to deal with the situation. I'm there to build a bridge, folks. I'm, I'm there to build a bridge <laughs> over troubled waters. Uh, I, you know what? I'm there to build a rainbow bridge over troubled waters. And, uh, never not funny. People will know what the fuck that means. All right. Uh, but I, I'm finding out that there is no bridge and uh, th- there's not even any water. <laughs> there's not even any troubled. All the troubled is located right here in six foot two, 340 pounds. None of them are troubled. They're all fine. So Pat says, look, um, they're not going to put you on. And I go, oh, that's cool. I'm just here to hang out. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, if you hang out and somebody sees you, they're going to wonder why you're not going on. I said, yeah, well, I'm, yeah, but I'm just, well, we're friends. I mean, I'm, I'm just here to hang out with you guys. And, and, uh, and he goes, yeah, but that's not going to work. Like, I mean, if, if you don't, if you're here but you don't go on, people are going to wonder why you didn't go on and it's just going to be a thing. And I go, are you telling me I have to leave? And he goes, yeah. I said, so you, so I have, <laughs> so I got to split. Because I, and again, I get it. Okay. I, I understand that because um, they don't, they don't need me. All right. They don't need me there. I needed to be there. <laughs> it was dumb. It was, it was a dick move and foolish and, uh, and would you expect anything less from me? <laughs> it's funny. It's funny in football. They when people will talk about there's there's an old adage about pro football, and apparently I'm a coach. I don't know why I'm going here because I'm weird and don't know where to go right now. But I will tell you that it, it's in football. They talk about passing, and they say, and there are coaches who think you should have a big running game because when you throw the ball. Two out of three things are bad. Two out of the result, two out of three results are bad. You can uh, complete a pass, which is the good result, or you can have an incompletion or an interception. Well, when I went that night, uh, the, the odds were much worse than two out of three bad things that could happen. I, I, I thought, again, I thought I could hang out with my friends and, and see people and, and still glom a little bit of uh, recognition off of that. Or 
I would actually get to go on. Like I would actually get to poke my head in and, and see my friends and, and it would be a great moment for me, not for them. I mean, <laughs> I wished it would, I really wish it would, but it wouldn't have been, it would have been great for me. Um, what I didn't see was the, uh, the, the third one, uh, being told to leave by my friends, uh, which I did not see coming. I, I thought, and I don't mean to sound like a sad sack fucking idiot here. I, I don't want it to be that. Uh, the only reason I tell this story uh, is because I want to make sure you folks don't get carpal tunnel typing, why are you never on Never Not Funny? <laughs> Uh, because, uh, I think this will explain to you that you never need to type that again. (laughs) Pat told me, I said, are you telling me that I got to leave? He said, uh, yeah. And, uh, I said goodbye to Dan. I said goodbye to David. And, uh, I drove home and I got, it's funny because, you know, there was still part of me that said, walk in the room, walk in the room, because if you walk in the room, they have to deal with it. But as bad a guy as I am, I wouldn't do that because it was not my place to do that. It wasn't even my place to be there. And uh, that was disappointing. So I got in my car and drove home. And then, (laughs) I will tell you this, I turned on the radio and uh, unbelievably, perfectly, I was saved by the Boneyard, which is a which is a heavy metal station. Uh, actually, I was saved by them, but also almost completely betrayed by the Boneyard because I turned it on and literally the first thing I heard was the the cowbell of Night Train by Guns N' Roses. And uh, that's always been uh, that's a go to song for me where it's like uh, uh, if I'm gonna fight or if I'm gonna do something stupid, I want that song playing somewhere. <laughs> I want it in my head. Uh, so, quite frankly, uh, it almost betrayed me because once I heard that song, I wanted to turn my car around. I'm not fucking kidding. I almost wanted to just fucking run upstairs and be like, yeah, that's right, West Coast strutting one bad motherfucker rattlesnake suitcase under my arm. I'm back! Uh, but instead, it saved me because I listened to it and I kind of, I just fucking turned it up as loud as I could and screamed the lyrics just to get everything out of me. Just to fucking... To purge every uh, horrible feeling, to purge every uh, second guess, because I was mad at myself. Honestly, more than anything, I was mad at myself, because it's that same thing you do when you're drunk dial somebody at fucking four in the morning. And then the next morning, you're like, why the fuck did I call them? They don't even like me. Yeah. (laughs) Why the fuck did I go there? It makes no sense. Made no sense. So uh, I fucking screamed night train and went back and parked. Uh so all you people who keep wondering and, and are very nice about it, and I thank you for asking, and I and I because I I wondered too. <laughs> except uh, you wondered if I was going to be back and never not funny. I wondered the same thing. Except I have nobody to write. <laughs> I don't have anybody to write and go, hey, when am I back and never not funny? I got to deal with that on my own in the dark recesses of my fucking twisted head. And uh, four o'clock in the morning, sit there and go, ah, oh, I am I going to ever? Is that going to happen? Will I ever be on? No, no, I won't. You want to know how I know I won't? Because they had to fill nine hours and still wouldn't put me on the air. If you were thinking to yourself, boy, I need somebody to help me fill nine hours with talking, wouldn't I be the first name on your goddamn speed dial? 
Well, it's pretty obvious that I will never be on that show because they had to film nine hours and did not even think of me. I was there. I was a gift from God at four in the morning when they were on fumes singing Christmas carols. Like, literally, they they were trying to get through it because it's hard fucking work to talk. I don't care if you got, you know, they got four guys. I got one guy. But they got four guys trying to fill the fucking time. And ine- inevitably, you start talking about the best movies you saw this year because you've been talking for nine fucking hours. I walked in at four in the morning. They could have shut up for the next three, two, three, not four hours and let me fill it. I would have been so happy to be there. I would have done my song. I would have fucking done everything I could but believe me they had nine hours to fill and they didn't put me on I think that drives the final stake through the heart of will I ever be on never not funny so I appreciate your letters I will go ahead and stop writing my letters but let's all realize that if you're going to want to hear me you're going to have to get me at mike at mike comedy.com you're going to have to find me at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy you're going to have to find me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy and you have to find me in your headphones every week on this show, The 40-Year-Old Boy. <laughs> and also you can get our friend Lily at Facebook.com slash Lily Von Stupp, Or you can write her an email at Lily at Burlesque411.com. That's Lily, L-I-L-I, at Burlesque411.com. Ho, 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 ho! This is Santa telling you to buy the 40-Year-Old Boy Year One Download Set. It's a... Ah, that's awful. All right, so, uh, yes, those were Lily's nipple rings. Thanks for asking. Uh, Mike Schmidt here, host of the 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast, telling you to buy for the holidays the Year One Download Set. I've made absolutely no improvements to it. It's the same one I've been selling all year, and yet I continue to try to convince you to purchase it. Uh, But it's now the holidays. I think you should buy it. I think you should sit down for dinner and put in episode 41. That's what you should do. Put in episode 41 and laugh uh, uproariously with your family at whatever the fuck I said in episode 41. I have no idea what it was, but I'm sure it was great. Uh, Every episode has liner notes. It's got Mex's artwork. It's got the original music. Suck on a candy cane and listen to the 40-year-old boy. Year one download set available for purchase now. Go ahead and buy it at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. That's right, the 40-year-old boy, 52 episodes. $25, one brutally funny podcast. want to remind you folks that the Monday Night Tease is every Monday night at the three clubs at Santa Monica and Vine. Uh, Lily, is there a theme show this week or just a regular brilliant show? The show that will live in infamy. All right. It's apparently a tribute to Pearl Harbor. So that's going to be interesting that's to watch. a good show. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> uh, it's on December 7th. Is it December 7th? Okay. I, I was a little worried. I don't want to know what a burlesque tribute to Pearl Harbor would look like. I got no, I just, it's literally like 15 lesbians dressed like Rosie the Riveter. And then, uh, you know, it goes from there. And, then, and a big bomb explodes and then there's just pasties and vaginas all over the place. I like it. Yeah. And then you buy free Chinese food for everybody. Even though it's completely incorrect. It was the Japanese. All right. Yeah, we're uh, Buster Balloon is going to be there. Buster Balloon. Is that a lady or a man? It's a guy. That's and a he guy. Is, he's like world renowned balloon artist. Of course he is. You know why? You know why? Only one. <laughs> Literally, he's the only one. That's why you're a world-renowned balloon artist, because you're the only balloon artist in the world. Uh, but I, I understand he does crazy, amazing, cool stuff. Awesome stuff. All right, so come and see Buster Balloon. Uh, come for the Buster, stay for the balloons. Yes! That's how you should I'm do hosting. it. So, Oh, and Lily Von Stupp is hosting. Will the sleigh be involved? No. Uh, no sleigh this week. That, but they're... Um, I'm just going to keep talking to you now. I guess so. What the fuck? What happened here? <laughs> Hey, I just did a story about getting fired from a show where now now you're going to go ahead and start talking to me? Sunday night, I'm doing Red Snapper's show. Oh, okay. Sunday night. Show Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Red Snapper's show. You can find it on Facebook. What's the name of that show? That is the Sassy Classy Burlesque Show. 
Sassy, classy burlesque show, Sunday night, December 6th. Uh, where's the location? Uh, at the Sherry Theater. At the Sherry Theater. And Go to. Last and that'll be on your Facebook, right? Yes. All right, so that'll be Lily Von Strupp's last dance of the year. Go check her out at the Sassy Classy Burlesque Show. And uh, if you do go uh, to any of these shows, the Monday Night Tees or the Sassy Classy Burlesque Show, any show that I, I mentioned for her, uh, go up and tell her you're from uh, this podcast. That'd be kind of cool. Because uh, for a discount. Oh, and, oh, okay, she's giving a discount? Not <laughs> Sassy Classy isn't because that's not her show, folks. <laughs> but uh, if you go up and mention the 40-year-old boy to Lily and then smack her on the ass, again, you have to do that. <laughs> Uh, that will get you into the Monday Night Tees for a discount, I suppose. <laughs> but also be her friend on Facebook, and you'll get a discount uh, uh, flyer sent to you. And also uh, follow Monday Night Tees on Twitter. That's MNTs. Yes. MNTs on Twitter. Go ahead and follow that and get a flyer sent to you. Uh, so that's a ton of shows for Lily. I got nothing to plug for me. I, uh, you know what? I will plug this. I will plug my new podcast with Todd Glass. So go ahead and uh, <laughs> tune into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, Todd Glass was uh, was the co-host on Comedy and Everything Else, which is a, a great podcast with Jimmy Dore, Todd Glass, Todd Glass, and Stephanie Zamorano. And uh, unfortunately, Todd is no longer involved with that show, at least for now, I don't think. Um, but I don't I don't think he was fired though. So I actually he and I are going to get a show. That's a good name for our show. He and I are going to get together. We're going to have a show called uh, uh, Fired and Quit. That's what the show is going to be called. So tune in for that. I got to call Todd. That's an idea I'll pitch to him. That's great. <laughs> You know what we're going to do? It's going to be me and Todd, and then we're going to get the girl from Keith and the Girl. We'll do that. <laughs> so it'll just be fired, quit, and stolen. That'll be the name of the show. And then I wonder if Keith would continue doing the show without the girl. How great would that be? He's just like, it's just called Keith. Because <laughs> and the girl split and join up with our show. So he's just Keith. Uh, man, what's happening with podcasts? People are splitting and leaving. That's why I chose to do a one-man show after I bailed. Because I can't fire anybody. Nobody can fire me. I'm, I'm autonomous here. Uh, except for Lily. And I think, oh, Christ, we can't. You know, forget I even said that. We can't have Lily split. That can't be happening. <laughs> Lily can't leave because this would never get done. I, I would do the show. You just you would never hear it. <laughs> I would literally do it in my house and just talk every Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday morning would come around and I'd be like, wow, I wonder if people liked that. Nobody liked it. You're alone in your apartment, idiot. Maybe Lou the racist bartender heard it through the wall, but I, I guarantee he didn't hear it because he's fucking slamming phones and yelling fuck. That is not happening, which, quite frankly, is my show. That's the show that I do alone if Lily gets fired, and I call it that. Slamming phones and yelling fuck. That's it. That's the name of the show. It'll be Todd, me, and the girl. That's it. We'll just do that, and I'll, I'll get uh, the anchorman from Onion Radio News, and I'll get somebody from Adam Carolla's posse. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going on a podcast raid. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going into every show. I'm going to steal John Oliver. I'm going to steal everybody from those shows and swoop them into my show. I'm going to do my, and, and you know what? My show will be like the Sgt. Pepper's album cover of podcasts. It'll just be a thousand people that you recognize from other fucking shows. And, uh, and I'm, I'll get, uh, you know, I'll get Pilkington. I'll get him from the Gervais show. Uh, I'll get, I'll go to Bill Simmons' show and steal house. I'll steal somebody from all of these shows and just have a crazy podcast.
folks, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a decent guy. Because I am a jerk. And I'm not a jerk. Man, I am, uh, man, I'm an awful guy. I'm not an awful guy. I am not a good guy. But I don't think I'm a bad person overall. So, uh, and go ahead and by all means judge that. <laughs> I'm kind of a jagoff. I got the future. What am I talking about? But I am a jagoff. Uh, and I'm not a jerk. I'm a nice guy. It's just, I guess I have jerky tendencies. I've done so much ridiculous stuff, and then I, I wonder afterwards, I'm like, man, how come I don't uh, hang out with anybody? Here's why, because you're a dick. Yeah, 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 yeah